Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chill and let them have it cause this is just an intro keeping the strong style six stars from the get go boy yeah from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome this is keeping it strong style with your host Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Joshua Smith and thank you for listening welcome to keeping it strong style on the social suplex podcast network Jeremy Donovan here with the young boy Josh Smith and Josh, we got our very first guest this week on Keeping It Strong Style. You guys know him. He's the host of One Nation Radio. He writes on socialsuplex.com and lordsofpain.net. The man behind Lattice Lariat and Lattice Lariato, Rich Latta. What's going on, man? Glad to be here. Uh, first guest coming in, trying to be a main eventer off rip. You guys are booking <laughs> the top talent. You know, right yeah, off, right off rip. We're trying to draw out here, so we had to bring on the big dog, the big guns. It's kind of like when they used to bring in the NWA champion from out of town. <laughs> right. right. He's going to go 60 minutes Broadway with us and make us look like we could be in the same league as him. Oh, exactly. man. How flattering me. Stop. Nah, you're going under it, bro. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't come to do jobs, man. I, that's, that's not really my thing. Yeah, but you're flair in freaking Japan, and I don't see Harley Race at ringside. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, guys, we're here to talk about Wrestle Kingdom 12. It's coming out January 4th. It's going to be 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Probably going to be the best wrestling show of 2018. At least one of them. Well, there'll be a lot of Match of the Year contenders coming off this show. If it's anything like uh, the last two years. Yeah. Or the last three years, actually. I think the last three years in a row, Wrestle Kingdom's been the show yeah, of the year. Yeah, 9, 10, 11. Yeah. Yeah, it's been amazing. So, guys, we're going to run down the card from um, bottom to top. We're going to break down all the matches. Also, we had a lot of reader or listener questions sent in. We're going to answer those questions. A lot of them have to do with the matches. So, as we get to that match, we'll answer those questions. Um, we had a question from Caleb asking about if we think the team of Evil and Sonata will win along with Naito. We'll answer that later because we're going to get predictions for each of those matches. Um, then next, uh, Simon Cotton asked, what is the weakest match on the card? And um, I think it's probably going to be the opening match, which is the uh, New Japan Rumble. Take that back. Take it back, bro. That's not going to be the weakest match. Bro, I the love the New Japan I Rumble. I love the New Japan Rumble. All right. Well, I mean, it's not going to be five stars is what I'm Well, we know that. All right. Yeah, but anytime Fujiwara comes out and puts someone in an arm bar, like, that's bro, you know what star. I, you know what I'm mad about? The great Kabuki retired recently, so he's <laughs> not going to be in it. He's not going to be in it, man. That makes no sense. You know what? I bet he does come out of retirement for the Rumble. I hope he does. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, it's either going to be the Rumble or probably the six-man gauntlet or probably, probably the candidates for quote-unquote weakest match. I don't know. That tag match. 
We'll get to it. So yeah, let's start. I, I'm looking at that too. <laughs> so let's start with the pre-show. It's the New Japan Rumble for for you guys who have never watched Wrestle Kingdom. It's pretty much Royal Rumble set up, but except this is a bunch of pretty much all kind of like legends. You have kind of low card, mid card guys that couldn't make you know a match on the main card. They're in this uh, battle royal in this Rumble. I mean, usually sometimes the winner gets a title shot later on in the year. Like last year, Michael Elgin won the New Japan Rumble, and he went on to face Naito for the IC title. But it doesn't always happen that way. Um, as of this recording, we don't know any official entrance into the New Japan Rumble. But uh, my guess, you're going to see guys like Kojima, Nagata, Yoshihashi, Bushi, uh, Liger, Les Liger, um, Tiger Mask, on. Kojima, Ming. Yeah, maybe yeah. Ming comes back. Jado, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ghetto maybe even in there. Scott Norton. <laughs> Man, I, I, I marked for Scott Norton last uh, year. I marked so hard when Scott Norton came out. I want him to win the whole thing. So, what are you guys' predictions on? I mean, we don't know who's, who's all in it, but just off the top of your head, who do you think could possibly win this New Japan Rumble? We'll throw it to Rich first. Um, it is it, it is a tough thing to predict, but I'm gonna go ahead and just choose Liger, um, because you know he's kind of essentially in retirement now, and he did his last uh, you know Super Junior tournament last year, and you know if I know someone's gonna be in it, I'll I'll, I'll pick Liger out of anyone that um might be there. All right, Josh, who you got? I mean, just because he's not booked anywhere else prominently on the show. I'm- I'd have to go with Bushi. Um, that makes the most sense to me. I was surprised that they left him off of the card in any other capacity. And he, you know, the fact that they don't really have any weak members in LIJ, uh, what else is he going to do on the card? You know what I mean? Right. For me, I'm going to go with Yoshi Hashi. Um, he's a Chaos member, he's a guy that they try to push. You know, he had the U.S. title match against Kenny Omega. He's also been in the World Tag League, and he's had some other big matches this year. And it's a guy, he's not that, you know, he's all right in the ring. Swaggerless. Right. No swagger. (laughs) Exactly. No swagger. No insurance. And, but, you know, like Roman Reigns, they always try to get him over. So they might give him the win here, the New Japan Rumble, and he might get a title shot later on in the year. I, I just I really like the New Japan Rumble because it's a it's a really fun opener and it's a good way to just kind of it's gonna be a serious card with a lot of really strong like dramatic epic matches and you have this car, this first opening match that's like what are we watching you got it's guys, really long too yeah it's yeah. really long and you get weird like comebacks of guys like I don't know Captain New Japan or Bone Soldier stuff and like that last year we got Billy Gunn. Yeah, Billy Gunn showed up, and it was... <laughs> yeah. Did we know about Billy Gunn was going to be in that last year? No, week? I think it was a surprise entrant. Yeah, so they always do surprise entrants. If you're uh, not a New Japan fan and you're just checking us out, the closest thing I could say this is like is maybe like the gimmick Battle Royal at WrestleMania 17. Right. Really similar to that. Yeah, so pretty much this is considered a pre-show match. So the main card will start off with the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Title Match. Rapungi 3K, Sho and Yo will be defending against Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Um, Rapungi 3K has been on fire since they came back from Excursion. 
They won the titles off of Ricochet and Gucci. They won the Super Junior Tag Tournament. And now they've been challenged by the Young Bucks six-time IWGP Junior Tag Team Champs. Rich, who are you feeling on this one? Oh, man. I'm I'm a self-professed mark for the Young Bucks. Um, so I'm just going to take the Bucks. It's time to, to bring the uh, titles back home to where they belong. <laughs> you know, the IWGP Junior Division has been defined by these guys uh, for years now. Um, they're actually, you know, last year they got the chance to do a regular tag team match, which was pretty awesome. I think they fought the other Rapungi 3K. Yeah, Rapungi Vice. The Rapungi Vice. Sorry about that. And then um, now – with uh, the match with Show and Yo, Show and Yo are going to get a big chance to be out there with, with the Bucks because you know I don't know how big Show and Yo like are right now in Japan, but worldwide everyone's going to be trying to check out you know what are the Bucks doing and who are these guys are fighting and those guys are really good. But I think you know I think they're they're, they're going to go with the Bucks on this. Josh, come back to me. All right. Um, I'm also going with the Young Bucks just because I can't really see any other team in the junior division challenging Rapungi 3K. So I think you put the belts on the Bucks and then you set up a rematch for Rapungi 3K and the Young Bucks. And then the one you do that feud, you can build up another junior tag team that could eventually challenge Rapungi 3K when they win it back from the Young Bucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna split this up. I'm gonna split it and just say Rapungi 3K. I gotta be honest. I don't have strong feelings one way or the other about uh, who actually will win this match because I could. I think you guys have valid points, but at the same time, I think that it's a it's an opportunity to establish them. They 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 have established them this year by giving them the titles in their first match and having them win the tournament and all that. But I don't think that the Young Bucks truly benefit from this win uh, in the way that. Rapungi 3K could, and you're absolutely right. They could be, they could put them down and have them like rebuild and come back and challenge maybe at like Dominion or King of Pro Wrestling or something. But um, it's seemed like over the last year that the Young Bucks have kind of taken less and less time, like less dates in Japan. And I don't know if they're going to stick around and be active like defending champions. Whereas if Rapungi 3K beats them, they've, they've, it's almost like they won the Triple Crown. At right. that point, because right. they beat the most seasoned team that the divisions ever had. It's pretty much the biggest stage. Super push. Like, the Rockets are already on them. They'll go to the stratosphere. Right. They beat the Young Bucks at Wrestle Kingdom. Very similar to, like, what they did with Takahashi last year when he beat uh, Kushida. Kushida. So, I could – and I, I feel like they need to go in that direction. If they lose at this point, unless they look really, really good in losing – it almost this this year seems like there's a lot of like turnover with like new faces, new opportunities. They, I mean, if they lose, they lose. But I kind of, I kind of feel like maybe they'll go with uh, Rapongi through K in this one. Yeah, I can see that happening either way. So that'll be definitely a fun match, a fun opener on the main card. What do you guys predict as far as you know? Star rating wise and match wise, what do you expect out of this match? Well, I think it all depends on how much time they get. Both of these teams are awesome. Um, because it's an opening match, it might not get that much time. It might get like 10 to 12 minutes. So maybe like three and a half to four, maybe. 
I'm gonna shoot for the stars and say four stars because the Bucks ain't coming to the Tokyo Dome to mail it in. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you know what? We're just presupposing that it's the opening match because that's how it's listed on in most uh, publications. We don't really know if this well, actually will open. on New Japan's website. Oh, it's got it listed. Yeah, I took the order down exactly from their website. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Put those words back in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, unless you know. Cards always something to change. I mean, they could always change it up, but on their website, this is the list, the order of the card. I have a feeling that the Bucks will get more than ten minutes. I think they give them at least somewhere between like thirteen to like seventeen minutes. As yeah. I think a lot of the other matches will get cut shorter in favor of them. They're one of the biggest stars in Japan. True. I think this will easily go over three and a half, somewhere between three and a half, three and three quarter type of territory. Cool. All right, next match, we have the Bullet Club team of Bad Luck Fale, Tama Tonga, and Tangaloa defending the Never Openweight six-man titles against the team of Chaos of Beretta, Ishii, and Yano, uh, the team of Michael Elgin and War Machine, the Suzuki-Goon team of Taichi, Izuka, and Zack Sabre Jr., and the team of Team Taguchi Japan, Juice Robinson, Taguchi, and Togi Makabe. It's a gauntlet-style matchup. Traditionally, the champions come in last. Rich, who are you feeling is going to go home with this one? Man, this match is a cluster fuck. Um... The the champs are, you know, uh, I'm a time to talk Mark, but I don't think the Bullet Club are going to hold these belts. I think I'm going to go with Togi Makabe, Juice, and Taguchi. Um, if you look at it up and down, War Machine's out of there, so they're not going to win. Um, the Suzuki Goon guys... I know. Um, and, and Bad Luck Fale and G.O.D., I mean, I think those guys can do, like, other things, like, as far as, like, you know, maybe Fale's headed towards getting a, a title shot, you know, and I may be spoiling my pick later. But, um, yeah, I, I just look at Makabe, Juice, and Taguchi. Like, you can just throw it on those guys. Uh, it's about time Juice gets his hand on, you know, a belt, and Taguchi's always entertaining, and uh, Makabe is really famous in Japan. So, um, I, I don't see an issue with putting it on them, and hell, maybe they lose it the night after at New Year's Dash. Who knows? These these six-man gimmicks are, are usually just kind of, you know, you, you put these on, and then they're rental belts, right. essentially. This, this match was pretty much to get everybody on the card match. Yeah. Like, you're not in a match. We're just going to throw you in a six-man gauntlet. All right, young boy. I was glad to see a lot of these guys that... uh, I mean, obviously, like, Michael Elgin had a stellar year that we talked about, and Ishii had a stellar year. Um, You know, War Machine. These were all teams that we were... And even Zack Sabre Jr. uh, Juice Juice Robinson. Yeah. You know, so these are... these. There's a lot of talent actually stacked up in this match, even though people are saying it's going to be, you know, maybe <laughs> the worst match of the card. And because of the booking, it probably will be the weakest main main roster, like, main event uh, match. But I was glad to see a lot of these guys get an opportunity to do something because the way that the card was shaking out, it was we were wondering where a lot of these guys were going to wind up. With that being the case, um, I, I don't know how I'm going to predict this, but I assume, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, Last year, the champions, did they, they were the last ones in the match? Right, the champions came in last. Okay, so I mean, if if it's the Bullet Club and they're pretty much heels, then I assume that they're going to end up going up against a face team. If uh, the order that they've given us is to, to be believed as being the way that, and they could change this, but I could see, I don't think Taguchi Japan's going to run the whole gauntlet, personally, if they come out first. Uh, 
I actually almost want to say that Suzuki Gun's probably going to cheat and beat them somehow. Um, then I, I think it's likely that maybe Elgin and War Machine go against Chaos after that. After like they'll they'll handle uh, Suzuki Gun, and then we we'll get like Chaos and uh, Elgin and War Machine. And I see that going one of two ways. Obviously, I think if War Machine, because of uh, the fact that they're leaving the New Japan, then if they end up against Bullet Club, obviously Bullet Club's gonna gonna you know go all the way. But I think if Chaos ends up winning, I I could see him putting the titles on Ishii, Toriano, and Beretta since they don't have anything else to do right now. They're three of their bigger uh, single stars, anyways. Um, so that's kind of my call. It's like if I think if it ends up Chaos against Bullet Club. I see Chaos getting the win, but if it's uh, Bullet Club against Elgin and War Machine, I think that you know Bullet Club's probably going to take it. Um, I'm going to go Chaos, my pick. All right. I see a swerve, bro, a swerve. <laughs> I think that um, War Machine and Michael Elgin are going to win the six-man titles and then lose them the next night at New Year's Dash. That's a good call. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> real good call, yeah, real, good, real call, good call. Actually, once yeah. you said that, I started thinking. I was like, he might, he might be right. Because everybody's gonna think, oh, there's no way Elgin and War Machine is gonna win. You know, they're gone. Elgin's contract up thirty first. War Machine's WWE bound. They're not gonna win. So then they pull a swerve, they get the big win, and then they lose the belts the next night at New Year's Dash. Well, I just want to say this, man. Why isn't Ishii in, a, in another match? This is, dude, this is crazy. Ishii is one of the candidates for our Wrestler of the Year in our Keeping It Strong Style Year in Award. And he's in a six-man gauntlet match. Woo. That's like if you put AJ Styles Good in a God. gauntlet match at WrestleMania. See, I try not to get too mad at like New Japan because they do so much right, but this is just almost unforgivable. Yeah, yeah I mean, at the same time, um, aside from his win over Kenny, there wasn't a lot that he did this year. And don't get me wrong, I'm a freaking mark for Ishii, but there wasn't a lot kayfabe-wise that he did that really put him over. I mean, he did well in all his tournament matches, and, you know, he had good singles matches, but he kept coming up short most of the year. Um, I'm wondering if maybe with him taking those losses, they might want to protect him a little bit to set him up for, like, maybe next year because he is that almost like Cesaro type guy that you can put in with anybody and have an incredible match. Right. And maybe they want to just give him a small break so that when they bring him in they give him that big I could see him I don't know man I could see him winning the New Japan Cup that's I could see that kind of push coming for him after this uh, you know in this next coming year possibly but I'm right there with you guys I, I'm not happy this is the second year in a row that we've gotten Ishii in a multi-man match at Wrestle Kingdom it's kind of bullcrap yeah it's crazy um, before we move on we had a question from Kyle Moores he says with War Machine leaving where is the tag division going to go um, this is something that we've talked about. You know, we were covering the World Tag League mm-hmm. in the first couple episodes, and we talked about how great War Machine has been and been one of the backbones of the tag division. With them gone, I'm not sure what the tag division is going to look like. It's going to look like New Japan's tag division, how it's been the last like ten years in a row. <laughs> if, if it ain't the juniors, I don't care. Like, <laughs> like the junior tag division is, uh, it is where it's at. It's a big hit for the for the division. Obviously, I think from a heavyweight standpoint, they're the most accomplished uh, tag team. Uh, if that to me, they were the best tag team of the year last year, even over the Young Bucks because of their consistency and their accomplishments and just what they accomplished in the uh, you know New Japan Ring this year. Um, I am worried about what WWE is going to do with them. 
Um, I think me and uh, Jeremy were talking about this the other week. I think that this might be the scariest NXT callover that I've like ever seen for me personally. Because um, there's other guys that went over where I've been like, ah, uh, you know, well, we'll see what WWE does with them. But then they had a good track record of treating the, the best guys still pretty good. Mm-hmm. But then after Nakamura this past year. Oh, my God. Yeah. After what they did to Nakamura, all bets are off. So I'm like, what are they going to do? I mean, I'm just – and plus they – even though they're having a renaissance of tag team wrestling in WWE, I'm like, when have they brought over a tag team like this that was established and really treated them the right way and, like, done right by them? I could see these guys go, going on to the main roster and splitting up in six months. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, once they get to NXT – I think they'll be fine. You know, Triple H will push them well. You know, Red Dragon gets won the title, so you can do a Red Dragon War Machine feud. Those guys have history from Ring of Honor and great matches. But like you said, once they get to the main roster... You had that mirror match with Killian Dane and, uh, and your boy, <laughs> was it Hanson? Yeah, Hanson. Yeah, Killian Dane and Hanson, you know, <laughs> point at each other like the Spider-Man meme. <laughs> They're so much better than Sanity. Oh, <laughs> They're so much better than them. It's crazy. But yeah, I mean... On the, on the Japanese front, um, I mean, it creates a vacuum, so there's more opportunity for maybe another tag team to, to step up. But uh, match quality-wise, this is a huge, huge hit for yeah, the tag division. I mean, what, what they need to do, I mean, they need to sign Chucky e. T, Puno Coretta, run the best friends. Cobb. Uh, yeah, sign Mike, get Cobb, sign Elgin, make them work together. They were a great team in the tournament. That's, see, that's my concern about this match. That I'm, I'm such a like I don't even believe that Michael Elgin and War Machine can win because they don't they can't work as a team. They're not right. cohesive. Right. They can't win. You're wrong. <laughs> they hate each other. All right. We'll we'll, we'll see what Screw happens. Screw Michael Elgin. <laughs> oh yeah, you remember when you said that when he was coming out? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're probably right. They probably are going to win the gauntlet. To answer, uh, we had a couple of questions on the uh, as well from Simon asked us what we thought the weakest match of the card was going to be, and I think also who uh, did Caleb say the same thing? No, Caleb was asking if we think that Naito and Evil and Sonata are all going to win the belts. Someone else asked us... Well, I mean, Simon asked us what's going to be the weakest match of the card. Um, I would say, if not the New Japan Rumble on the main card, this is probably because of the way that it's booked and the time given is probably going to be the... The weakest match of the, of, of the whole night. Yeah, I feel that this six man is going to be get guys in and get them out real quick. I disagree, and I'm going to I'm going to say the Killer Elite Squad defending against Sonata and Evil. Really? Be- yes, because you know how Sonata gets down. Sonata could fully come out there and just not realize he's in the Tokyo Dome and just do his <laughs> just go through the motions like right, normal and York. Yep, and then Evil. I don't know. You take it or take it or leave it on Evil and. Um, the Wrestle Kingdoms that I've watched, there's always been a glaring weak spot, and it's a heavyweight tag team match. Right. And but you know what? Last year's heavyweight tag team match was pretty good. All those guys cursing at each other and just hitting each other yeah. really hard. And last year's six man tag match was pretty bad, and they had a lot of really good like talent in there. A lot of matchups where I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see Osprey against this guy or that guy. And then it ended up just sucking because every, it was cheap finishes. It was yeah. real quick. It was too like, fast. it was yeah. too fast. And uh, I I don't know. I mean, ultimately, what they need to do, I know they probably will never do it. They need to unify the junior and heavyweight tags and let this tag teams be tag teams. Right. You could have the Young Bucks against, you know, Killer Elite Squad. You can have Rapungi 3K versus 
L-I-J, you know, you can have whatever, no weight class, just let the tag teams run it. Yeah, because even earlier when you were mentioning who's going to uh, challenge for the junior tag titles after this, I started drawing a blank about who are in the junior tag division. Who's in the junior tag division? Right. Usually it's just throwing together juniors yeah, just factions. Backing up a little bit, are there going to be any young boys on the New Japan Rumble? Oh, yeah. Kitamura could easily win he this could, Rumble. He could be in the Rumble. Usually there are not young boys in the Rumble. There wasn't any last year. But it's Kitamura. Yeah. He could win that Rumble coming off of – I mean, he probably won't, but he could. That's a that's a sleeper pick to kind of look back into. Yeah. The uh, evolving monster. <laughs> <laughs> Who's right. next? That's right. <laughs> All right. And the next match is this special attraction match between the American Nightmare Cody – and the golden star, Kota Ibushi. Rich, who, who you got on this one? Kota Ibushi in a squash. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I've been, I've, you know, I, I asked a question last week to you guys, like, is Cody Japan, Cody Rhodes good? And then you guys kind of like redirected it. I did listen to the show, and I and I like how you guys framed the question because that's exactly how I meant it. Like, is he good enough for New Japan? He wrestled Okada before, and who who's not great against Okada? Bad Luck Fale looks good against Okada. Right. Um, yeah, now that you say that, Fale had a four-star match, and and Cody had like a four-and-a-quarter star match. So, right. Oh, uh, it's only like a quarter better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, I don't know if Cody Rhodes is really such a special attraction for New Japan. Maybe Ring of Honor. Um, I'm definitely picking Kota Ibushi because, uh, you know, they got the ROA's title off of him. Uh, there's nothing, there's no reason for Cody to go over Kota Ibushi unless they want to, you know, do a thing where it leads to dissension down the road. Like you beat up my friend with, uh, Omega and, uh, Cody and eventually when they fight. But aside from, you know, anything like that, I think, you know, it is a Japanese wrestling company. They are going to go ahead and look out. And Abushi is going to flip on this man with the golden triangle. He's going to powerbomb him to hell. And Kamagoye, that knee strike. And he's going to be looking up at the lights. Feature. Yes. <laughs> with that, with that, with that whack ass blonde hair. What are you doing, Cody Rose? And uh, before I go to you, Josh, I think I just want to bring back up that promo that Abushi did where he was asking him why Cody lost the belt. He's like, what happened to him? Why did he lose the belt so soon? Did he lose motivation? Do I need to talk to him? I thought that was just hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of uh, promos, how about uh, Cody being like, clearly, this is the sidekick. He is Brutus the Barber Beefcake to Kenny Omega's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He's like, I'm just wrestling a sidekick, essentially, <laughs> here. Like, really burying him, but I thought that was freaking hilarious. Um I don't know. I'm really torn on this one because I thought that you know what? I kind of thought that with the ROH title on the line, Kota Ibushi could have still won it, and a lot of people probably didn't think that necessarily. But mm-hmm. they they had title runs this past year with uh, Kushida was the Kushida TV was champ. the TV champ. Um, they put the TV title in, in, on the past on Ishii. They've done that and done short title reigns like that. So I kind of was thinking at the time. I was going to pick Kota Ibushi to take the title off Cody. That way they could elevate the title. But once the title came off Cody, it kind of threw my whole theory into a whack. And I was like, what are they really going to do here? I'm almost inclined. I, I want to say Cody because for some reason, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's Dusty Rhodes' son. 
I think that guys, <laughs> guys, I really think that that's he, listen. He's from WWE. Uh, they put freaking Billy Gunn in the main event at you know against Tanahashi this past year. There's that you know there's clearly an affinity for WWE guys, and the fact that he's got the Rhodes name, and I think in Japan that's still no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just he's just a guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the match card right now. We got Cody with Brandy Rhodes. Right, right, <laughs> right. But um, the fact Brandy that got the Rhodes. She name. got the Rhodes name, but I guess Cody doesn't. But the fact that he uh, is Dusty Rhodes' son, I'm almost like, man, this guy who won't sign a contract and won't stay true to New Japan or Dusty Rhodes' son. But at the end of the day, um, Cody's still not like uh, an exclusive talent to New Japan. And I think if he's going to lose, he's going to lose on a big stage like this. He's not going to job at, you know, on some small stage. So... The title's off of him, so yeah, I'm going to go with Kota Ibushi on this one. All right, it's going to be a clean sweep on this one. I'm also going with Kota Ibushi. You know, like you guys mentioned, without the Ring of Honor World title, I mean, there's no real reason for Cody to get the win here. Um, Kota Ibushi's had a great year since returning to New Japan. Awesome matches in the G1. Great IC title match with uh, oh, Tanahashi at Power Struggle. They, they had a low-key trilogy this year, too. Yeah. Yeah. I rewatched their uh, Power Struggle match on Access, and, man, that was a great match. So I see Kota getting the win here, and um, I think that we could see Kota Ibushi challenging Kenny Omega for the U.S. title at Strong Sally, Strong Sally Evolved, March mm. 25th. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So where do you guys see... Kota Bushi going from here. So for you, Jeremy, you think it, we're gonna see him in Long Beach essentially? Yeah, U.S. title match at Long Beach. Yep. What do you What do you think, Rich? Kota Bushi after. That's your dude. <laughs> yes, it is. I thought that it might be a situation where Abushi and Omega are the G one final for uh, twenty eighteen. I thought that could have been the final this year, but you know, I, I'm underestimated like what they wanted to do with Naito. Um, so I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't at all. Uh, if it's not Dominion, I, I think Ibushi and Omega is a perfect G one final. Like those guys can go out there with no time limit and just like redefine the sport, essentially. Ibushi and who? Omega. You think that's gonna be the G one final? I would I would book it that way. Wow. I mean, it could happen. I don't really. Then put Omega over. I'm still on this whole. If if Kota Bushi, I listened to the Wonderland interview that um, Tanahashi did. I don't know if you guys or not listened. I watched it because it was subtitled. subtitled. (laughs) But um, almost like probably in four or five different prominent positions, Tanahashi just kept putting over Bushi. He just keeps putting him over, but he keeps saying like essentially without saying it. He's like, if he'll sign, he'll be the guy. Right. Yeah, and that's pretty much been the whole storyline between Tanahashi and Ibushi. Tanahashi thinks Ibushi is the next guy, but wants Ibushi to commit to, to commit to New Japan and be Tanahashi and do what Tanahashi was doing. Because Tanahashi does, even though he sees a lot of talent, he doesn't see anybody behind him that is carrying that, you know, that Tanahashi all good guy like, you know, Mister Mister Ultra Baby Face. Yeah, Ultra Baby Face New Japan, and he sees that in Kota Ibushi, and he wants Kota Ibushi to be that guy. And Actually, so, I'd say that bad. The G1 final's not going to be Omega Ibushi. Okada's, <laughs> Okada's winning the G1. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we're already... Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know what, what's going to happen with Kota Ibushi this year, but I feel like I feel like if he's going to sign and, and commit and have a, bit, a bigger year this year, then, yeah, we'll see him win here. 
if he's going to go back to freelancing and do DDT and do the independence and go to Europe and all that, I think Cody could go over. I'm still picking Kota Bushi, but I'm just wondering what we're going to see out of him this year, really. Wouldn't this match be better if it was Ishii versus Bushi? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You have wrestler of the year candidate in the gauntlet, and then you have Cody who shows up for a cup of coffee every once in a while, getting a higher profile match. Dude, we almost put Kota Bushi in, in wrestler of the year based off of just his like last couple months of the year. Right. And some for some reason, Cody gets the match. You're like, why couldn't Cody be in the six? You know, do do our second Bullet Club team put Cody, um, Hangman Page, and Chase Owens as a, a team in the six man gone? Let me ask you this: Do you think we could we would have gotten a better match if Ishii had wrestled Cody? Uh, I think it would just be Ishii just hitting the crap out no, of Cody. <laughs> because because Cody ain't about that life. <laughs> Cody is not about that life. Um, Cody got to show me. Yeah, he still got to show me. I'm still not convinced. Hey, I told you guys, he's every single mid-90s WCW guy in New Japan that there ever was. He's Arn Anderson in the Tokyo Dome right now. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. What, what do you guys predict match-wise? match, match wise? Like, what, how's this going to perform? <clears throat> star what? Star? Yeah. Rating? We didn't even... I we, went with three and three quarters on that. Mm. Uh yeah, I'll, I'll I go with that. Nah, I'm going like three, like just I'm solid three on that one. And on the gauntlet match, I'm gonna go like two and a half. I'm gonna go two on the gauntlet. Gauntlet, I'll, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a two and a half. Oh man! All right, <laughs> all right. So next matchup, we have the IWGP heavyweight tag titles on the line the champions killer elite squad Davy boy smith jr and lance archer defending against the world tag league winners los ingrobanables de japon evil and sonata rich what you got on this one all the dudes that um they they capitalize their names like i, I don't understand that whole thing like <laughs> why, why they do that to, uh, Explain that to us. <laughs> um, I'm going title change here. Um, those Kill Elite Squad guys, they've had those belts for a while now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The one that was like first member. Yeah. I think yeah. this is going to be a good night for uh, Los Angeles De Japon, uh, and it begins here. Um, well, Bushi's going to win the Rumble, though. Oh, 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 okay. Not, not Liger. Uh, why would Liger Not win? Chase Owens. Not Yoshihashi. Hey, Chase Owens could win the Rumble. The Tongan. The Tongan. Chase Owens. <laughs> yes. Um, what if what if, Ch- what if Chase Owens came out there right after, like, uh, Meng and just freaking, like, Haku beat, like, Haku was, like, his protector the entire, like, match? Oh, that would be hilarious. That would be so funny. Bro. And then I would tra- and mark then so use, hard. And then he tries to use the tongue and death grip on, on like, on Haku. On Haku. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, anyways. Yeah, man. So, I, I, I think Sonata and Evil are going to take it, and it's going to be, like, the first, you know, title for the LIJ guys uh, of the night. And, um, you know, Killer Elite Squad, those guys just look like just dudes to me. Um, <clears throat> I'm definitely rolling with Sonata and Evil. Let these guys run with it for a while, at least so Dominion, and then maybe you get um, Gorillas of Destiny to come back and get them. Maybe they can redeem themselves from that World Tag League final they had. I mean, this is one of those titles that can switch hands on, like, Road 2 shows. <laughs> <laughs> it is, really. Um, I 
I do see uh, Lij taking the win on this one as well. Uh, I think when I predict predicted that they would win the uh, tag tournaments, it's because I thought that it was important for New Japan to put over one of their stronger Japanese teams to try to rebuild this tag division. And I think that's the direction Gato's going right now with the booking, uh, especially since both these guys have had really really good years and they 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 need to be elevated on this card essentially. Um, Killer Elite Squad, I, I said this on a previous podcast, I think they were brought in to be made to look strong so that they can put over uh, a tailor-made Japanese team, which is, I think it's this team. I think that, that that's what their entire run has been building to, and I think this is the time where they put them over, really. Um, I will say this. You're wrong, Rich. Killer Elite Squad is not just a couple of guys. Like They're really they're a really talented team. Um, they're really good. I, I think they proved a lot in the tag tournament to to show I mean they had some of the best matches in the B block and both those guys have come a long way you go back and watch Lance Archer and TNA and yeah. he's on WWE ECW those matches were rough and uh, Dave Boy Smith Jr. you know watched some of his SCW stuff in that early run with Tyson Kidd I mean my, my whole thing with this is I think LIJ has the better gimmick the better look the more swag but if it comes down to actually and I think Killer Elite Squad you're right they look like a couple of guys their promos are not good. Uh, if Lance Understatement. Archer, yeah, if Lance, if Lance Archer ever spit on me the way he does on those fans. Dude, uh, he needs to stop the hole. Got to run it. Yo. <laughs> Stretch him. Yeah. Stretch him, man. Stretch him. But uh, at the end of the day, I think that they're the better tag team. Um, even though Evil's come a long way in Sonata Sonata, I don't think I, – I wasn't like really impressed with much that they did during the tournament. I didn't like their finals match. But I think the belts are coming off of Davey Boy and Lance Archer. Question. Is the wrong guy in LIJ wearing a mask? Who, Bushi? Is the wrong guy. Sh- shouldn't Sonata be wearing a mask? <laughs> Why? He that might as well. Is, like no expression. Yeah, no no expression, no no look. That man is literally like just... Stone face. Yo, I'll tell you what. At least he gets his gimmick. He doesn't do interviews. He doesn't say anything. He, I don't think Evil gets his gimmick. Every time Evil cuts a promo, I just think this is a really bad rock impersonation. Everything it is evil. He, he does the thing where he like pauses and he looks around and I'm like... Are you the freaking rock right now? And then he's like, Evil-da! And then he kisses his fingers and throws it out. I'm like, you would never see Undertaker throw up a peace sign, kiss his fingers, and throw it out there. Like, I don't think he understands his gimmick. Yeah. You would never see Papa Shango do this. <laughs> put put Sonata in a mask 2018. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah, but he's such a handsome guy. I mean, put him in a mask. Nah, Sonata, Sonata needs to... Someone needs to work with him because there's no reason... He should be right up there with... Kota Bushi is being like one of the top top guys in the entire company and he comes off like a just a dude who can do really cool moves and that's about it. Look, and that's usually enough for me. Like I don't I don't need you to be out here trying to sell and all that other stuff. Like, <laughs> like bro, I'm not really this here for, I'm not really here for the selling. Flips I'm, and super kids. Yes. I'm just here for flips and fights. You know. <laughs> every time we watch every time we watch Ishii though, and he sells, you're like, it's so good. He's bubbling. He's bubbling. Because it's funny when he does it. <laughs> if, if you can make me laugh while you sell, that's amazing. Oh, oh man. man. Oh, what, right. do you, what do you think, Jeremy? You haven't even given us your prediction. Yeah, so I'm also going with LIJ. I also agree that this is going to be the night where LIJ uh, takes over. So, yeah, I see them putting the belts up to Evil Sonata. Like you mentioned, Josh, we're talking about this. They need a new 
Um, all Japanese team to kind of be the flag waivers of the tag division this year. And this past year, man, talk about like how repetitive it was with Killer Elite Squad and these other two teams and like right. how it means up. We literally had what like three shows in a row where it was Killer Elite Squad, Girl Destiny, and War Machine triple threat matches. Yeah, back to back to back. I remember, they were gonna do it. They were gonna do that at New Beginning. Yeah. And then they ran freaking the Gorillas of Destiny and uh, War Machine like three or four times in a row. I mean, it was like the same matches all year. So hopefully putting the belts on Evo and Sonata can kind of like turn the tag division in a different direction. We'll get some new matchups. So yeah, that's what I'm going with there. What what do you predict uh, match wise? Um, uh, I'd say maybe three stars. Rich. We go two, two and a half, two two point seven five, the max. I'll give it three. Okay. All right. Next up, we have the never open weight championship hair versus hair match. The challenger Hiroki Goto. We're taking on the champion Minoru Suzuki. Rich, what are your thoughts on this one? So I have a theory. Um, Dolph Ziggler walked out the other week to make sure Goto did not get his hair shaved. Dolph Ziggler will appear at the Tokyo Dome to help the guy that he's always compared to. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I was like, really? No. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yes, yeah, so like you will not beat this guy. So the loser's going to get the young boy haircut, essentially, and not Josh. Um, the, the real young boy haircut. The, been, the shave been, it off. I've been thinking about shaving my head, though, so I might want Match the gimmick? Yeah, to match the gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> That's going all the way in. Yes. I'm going to get that Yagi haircut. <laughs> And I don't, I don't think it's necessarily like, you know, losing your hair is losing your hair, but you don't want to lose your hair in a fight. Like, that's that's like the ultimate disrespect. And, you know, if it's anything about Suzuki, disrespect would not be tolerated. Uh, and I can't believe I'm going to do this. But I, you know, this guy has repeatedly shown us we are not supposed to pick him in any circus, any situation. No matter, you know, he might win a match here or there, but I'm about to pick Goto. Um... I, I can't imagine Minoru Suzuki wants to walk around with that stuff on his head um, too much longer. That man literally has a road map cut into his head. Nah, man. And a mohawk that starts from the back of the head. Right. Like, nah, bro. He's got to cut that. Like, nah. get that. yeah, get rid of that. Like, Goto will look ridiculous if he cuts his hair. So, everyone looked at me just now, guys. So, I'm assuming that means it's my turn to talk. Yeah, young boy. That's, that's the order we're going in. <laughs> Uh, puff puff pass <laughs> and uh yeah so I'm gonna go Minoru Suzuki on this one um you know I'm actually really excited about this match uh I wasn't excited about it when I first thought it was just gonna be Suzuki and Goto we saw that a bunch of times last year and none of the matches were you know especially compelling uh the whole entire freaking Suzuki gun shtick has kind of gotten really tired but with that being said, there was a match back in 2015. I'm going to give you guys a match recommendation. Uh, it's from no- November of 2015 in NOAA. It was Suzuki versus Takashi Segura. Um, and this was like a big bluff match to the whole uh, Suzuki gun invasion. And they ran kind of a similar idea that they banned um, Suzuki gun from ringside. And then they had a straight up one-on-one match with Suzuki and Segura. And that match is freaking, it was one of my top 10 of the year in 2015, which was an awesome in-ring year. And they just went balls to the wall. It's one of the like hardest hitting matches I've ever seen still to this day. Mm -hmm. And with a guy like Goto, 
and Suzuki, and they have to play into the gimmick that no one's interfering, and it's for the never quote unquote strong style world championship title um, with the hair on the line. I assume that this is actually going to be a much better match now with the the new stipulations um, than I had originally anticipated. So with that being the case, I don't think I don't think Goto's man enough to take down Suzuki in a one on one match. Like, and it's Goto, man. Like, I think Goto. I think that uh, Suzuki's gimmick is his hair. I think Goto can take the loss. I think at this point, like. The whole Goto being like a world title challenger. The, the, I think the ship's kind of sailed on that whole thing. I think sound like a Ziggler. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna lose to Suzuki and um, get humbled, and then have to be on the whole rebuilding. And I think fans will be behind that. If if Suzuki loses and he gets shaved, that's a big defeat for a big heel. Where does he go from there? I mean, he could just get more pissed and become a more violent and evil guy, but. I got a feeling. I think Suzuki's gonna outman. I think this is gonna be a uh, what, what? What did you used to call the uh, the Shawn Michaels and uh, the real man? The match? real man match, yes. Shawn Michaels versus mankind. But, yeah, any, any mankind match where he fights one of those pretty boys. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think this is gonna be a real man match. Is the way I see it going, and I, I'm taking Suzuki in this one. All right, I'm going with Goto on this one, just for the fact, I know we compare him to Ziggler, but I think he also has a little bit of Roman Reigns also. Kind of also like well, Yoshihashi too. There are these guys that New Japan desperately wants to get them over. Goto gets opportunity after opportunity over and over and over again, even though he's just not quite at that level. And this is gonna be another opportunity to give him that big push, give him the never title, give him that big win, being able to shave uh, Suzuki and give him that big defeat and that will elevate Goto to you know run with the never open weight title for the beginning of the year. And this Suzuki can do what he always does. He can just go fight Toriano or something and get rolled up after getting hit in the dick. Is, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> is Goto the like most like uh, disappointing G1 winner in history? I mean, I don't know every single G1 winner in history, yeah, but since I've been watching, probably. Yeah, I think at one point, like, most people would have said Naito before before his big push, but I think it's Goto, man, when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, you make some good points there, Joe. But I will say, dude, I also did – I like the whole story behind this match, the hair versus hair. You know, at first when it was announced, I didn't quite get it, but as you watch the English promos – um, that kind of explain why this hair versus hair. You know, Goto has nothing else to offer. He's so desperate that he's willing to put his hair on the line and lower himself back to like a young boy look almost to get a crack at Suzuki again with this never open weight uh, championship. Bro, like, Goto lose, he better never come back. Like, <laughs> you ever hear about him fight? Like, yeah, fights when you're a kid, yeah, we beat you up, you ain't never come back around here again. Right. Like, I think Goto's in that same situation. You better never show back up if you lose. I think, I think one of the things New Japan does extremely well is build up for, you know, big monumental wins when they matter. But something else that they do almost better than anybody else is build it up like that's going to happen and then break the fans' hearts and break the wrestlers' hearts. That's why I got Goto, like, losing. Break their spirits. Yeah, I think they're going to break him. I think that maybe this can be the catalyst for Goto's, like, next turn. Like, um, I mean, can you imagine, like, maybe Goto and freaking Ishii, like, two freaking bald, pissed-off dudes, like... Going back and forth. Or, or teaming up. 
Oh, yeah. Because they're both in chaos. Yeah, I thought you were saying maybe Goto would leave chaos and go heal. I Well, he wasn't in chaos for the longest time, remember? He only like, yeah. joined it, what was it, like a year ago? Yeah, like yeah. a year. Yeah, so I mean, he wasn't even part for a long time, but I could see him like, I could see the two of them just being like two freaking bald bruisers just like going up against LIJ or something like that. So that's, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Suzuki does after that if he loses, but I could see what Goto, I could see big story arcs for Goto. Antonio and Noki would love this match. (laughs) (laughs) So what what we got next? All right. Next, we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match. It's a fatal four-way. We have Hiromo Takahashi, Kushida, Marty Skrull, and Will Ospreay. Rich, what you got on this one? This is what I came for. These flips. The flips. You know, the flips and, and, and you know, the big moves, the high flying, the jumping outside the ring. Hiromu Takahashi not giving a damn about himself. <laughs> like, you know, jumping out on people while they're making their entrance. Um, and, I, and I am picking Takahashi to go ahead and, and get the victory. Continuing the dominance of LIJ. Um, Marty Skrull. Whatever. Osprey, I think he's a piece of shit. Whatever. Um, Kushida. Why don't you like Will Osprey? He came out on Twitter and embarrassed himself. What do he do? I don't even know this story. All right. So, so the deal with him is like, <laughs> like he was essentially saying like all you know all the uh, Me Too stuff like with the women coming forward to sexual assault, right. and everything like that. So he basically was like coming out and saying, yeah, like he was victim shaming essentially. I, I never heard about that. Yeah, yeah it, it, he, he embarrassed himself pretty pretty hard. Yeah, that was like a couple months ago. Yeah, and then, um, you know, Kushida, Kushida's always there, but Kushida's Kushida. I mean, they could put him over, you know, at the Dome and, you know, reestablish him again as the ace uh, like they like to do. Well, he is the ace. But Takahashi is the excitement in this division. Yeah. And he is the wild card, and, you know... They rarely do these Fatal 4-Ways, and I think if you've enjoyed the WWE multi-man matches that they've done this year, like, you are going to be right at home because this is going to be another level. That tag match they did at the last uh, paper yes. was pretty awesome, actually. Like, when Osprey and uh, and um, Takahashi were paired off, yeah. those, I, I think it's going to be a lot of high-flying and a flash finish. So, uh, kind of going back, we, we for months... Um, we kept getting Takahashi coming out after yeah. every single after every single it's time. Yeah, every, after every single junior title match, he would come out like he was going to be the the next guy to challenge for the title, and then he would get attacked or like upended by either like Skrull or yeah. The same thing happened. Did all three of these guys beat him up at one point? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And then uh, tables have turned. So when they came out for the fatal uh, to announce the four way, he came out with that helmet and the boxing gloves on. Right. Oh yes, ready. Skrull couldn't break his fingers. He couldn't get like hit in the head. He couldn't get hit in the crotch. He was all protected ready, yeah. ready to scrap and so that that was a really awesome build to this match um with that being said i think that it makes the most sense to put the title back on takahashi he had an incredible first half of the year with his title defense run last year and with a lot of the other divisions in new japan kind of lacking one that doesn't in depth is the junior the junior division even right here just these four guys i think takahashi holding the belt makes more sense and opens up more opportunities to create future uh, great matches with him and Skrull and him and Kushida again and I think him and Osprey will actually be the next like uh, 
program. And then you've got a bunch of other juniors that are kind of lurking in in, in the wings where there are great matches. In fact, even um, Bushi, I don't know if you guys had heard anything about this, but Bushi was um, in the media prior to this, and he was lobbying um, to, to get this turned into a five-way, and he really, really wanted into the match. They were even cut. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, and there were, there were good promos about it. Acting, I thought maybe they might do it, but then it never ended up happening. I could see even... Cool for business for himself. Yeah, <laughs> I could see Takahashi and Bushi end up uh, having an inner, you know... Uh, L.I.J. versus L.I.J. L.I.J. versus L.I.J. Uh, like type of rivalry for this belt. So um, putting the belt on Takahashi in my mind, especially with the type of night that L.I.J. is going to have, it makes the most sense to me. Um, none of the none of the other booking really makes a lot of sense unless I don't know unless somehow Skrull, uh retains that could happen I guess but yeah I'm I'm gonna take Takahashi in this match. All right, so I'm also taking Takahashi like I, clean sweep. Yeah, that, it's gonna be a Lij night. I think Lij they're gonna win all the belts. Um, plus Takahashi, he has a family to take care of. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, Daryl and the, uh, what's the baby's name? Uh, Daryl Jr. Yeah, Daryl Jr. And Carol Takahashi. Yeah, as he's, well. got a fam- he's got a family. He's got, he's got kids. Like you know, he's, he's got grandkids. He's got grandkids. He's got to you know win this match so he can support his family. Who's who's the dude with the family in WWE? Heath Slater. Slater. Yeah, he's yeah. like the Heath Slater yeah. of Japan. No, but, you know, Takahashi, like you mentioned, uh, he keeps, you know, being ousted out of these junior title matches. So I think it's time that he gets in there, gets the title back. The only other option that I could see if it's not Takahashi would be Osprey, just for the fact that, you know, he could never beat Marty Scroll one-on-one. He could never beat Kushida one-on-one. He finally beat Kushida to get the belt, and then he lost it real quick back to Skrull. He could easily win it back, and then you run back him versus Skrull. And it's a story of, you know, can he finally beat Skrull one-on-one with the belt on the line? And that's the only other thing, only other option I could really see happening. I don't see Skrull retaining um, Kushida. And it's, you know, it really stinks that we're kind of down Kushida because he's a great worker. Um, I mean, he's amazing in this division. But he's just been in the division like too long. Bro, like he needs to get out of there. Right, and we've mentioned this several times, Josh, about Kushida moving up to heavyweight. Um, I think it's time that he gets, you know, moved up to that division and get some fresh matchups. And he's even made mention of himself in promos saying, "Right, we maybe, talked about that." Yeah, maybe it's because he's he's been wrestling heavyweight, you know, all across you know the world. You know, like we mentioned in Ring of Honor, he's a TV champion. He's wrestling you know guys of all sizes. So, I mean, I think after losing here, it'd be a great opportunity for him, maybe New Year's Dash, say, you know, I'm moving up to the heavyweight division. Well, remember he cut that uh, promo that you're talking about where he was talking about uh, how, like, outside of the country, outside of Japan and outside of the country, he's had one of his best in-ring years, essentially. But when he came home, what he's done outside of the country is basically not mattered. Right. He said he's like... Nobody's talking about Kushida. Yeah. It's like, I've had a, a bunch of great matches this year, but is anybody talking about me? Nobody's no. talking about me. At least he knows what's up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now, it's funny that you mentioned heavyweights because after the last uh, Road 2 show, Takahashi actually cut a promo where, uh, no, it wasn't the last one. It was the, the first night yeah. after he got laid out by um, Okada. Okada. And he started talking about, you know, basically he was too weak at this point to challenge Okada, but Okada just needed to wait because he was going to build up his strength, build up 
up his fighting spirit. Yeah. And he started talking about how he wanted to challenge for the IWGP title. And then he's like, oh, but you're going to lose the title to Naito. So I guess there goes that. I guess I could just fight you in a special attraction match. And then he's like, or you could come down and challenge me for my IWGP Junior Heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, we'll kind of get in the gym and, sw- and sweat off some weight. Yes. But he started talking about how strong the heavyweights are. He mentioned Kenny. He mentioned Suzuki. He mentioned Naito. He mentioned all the big guys. And he said, just wait, because one day I'll be there. So I think even Takahashi has uh, aspirations to one day move up to the uh, – he knows he's got the juice – and he's seen guys like Kenny do it and, you know, uh, Prince Devitt. So why can't Takahashi and Kushida eventually do that? You know what I mean? Um, one quick thing, because we didn't really cover it w- with the last two matches, this match and the, uh, the hair versus hair match. What do you guys predict, Matt, you know, ratings wise? Uh, for the hair versus hair, I'm going to go four. That's exactly what I had it at. I'm going four and a quarter on that one. And maybe even, who knows, it could be four and a half. I think that one's going to be a barn burner. Yeah. And then for the junior match, I'm going to go four and a half. Same here. <laughs> four and a half. Um, they, these guys are going to be flying around big time. And it's going to be like, it's going to be a coming out party for Takahashi. I, I know he had a great match last year, but... He's made already now, yeah. and he's gonna, you know, triumph again. I feel like I'm gonna go four and a quarter on this one just to be safe because it's a multi-man match and it's you know underneath those top three matches above it. So I'm just gonna go four and four and a quarter. But I mean, who knows? I mean, they could do something you know better than that. Who knows? One quick question: since we already covered Suzuki, why didn't you add, why didn't you answer uh, Caleb's first question of the night? Because, you know, <laughs> we, we don't got time for foolishness on keeping this strong. Yeah, right? you know, we might have to open hand chop this man when right. we see him, you <laughs> yeah. know, cross the chest. Because that, we didn't get to address James's question in response to Caleb's question. Yeah, man, none of that, man. <laughs> All right, I'm about to stretch Caleb, man. I've been, you know, doing some wrestling lately. I'm, <laughs> Caleb, I'm about to stretch you. And I'm the stretching, man. Let me stretch it. Alright, so moving on, we have the IWGP Intercontinental Championship match. The ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, defends the belt against the returning Switchblade, Jay White. What you got, Rich? Woo! Big jump for Jay White, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, this guy appeared out of nowhere. He was a former young boy, um, real good wrestler. Yeah, he's um, you know, a lot of those opening, you know, five or ten man, eight man, six man tag matches. Yeah, teaming with David Finley. Yeah, it's like uh, they're they're calling him this deadly assassin, and uh, he's re- he's untested at this level. He wasn't in G one. He wasn't anywhere to be found really you know he was across the the world we saw him last wrestlemania weekend um taking on danny birch um no. he wrestled uh sammy callahan sammy callahan he did yeah danny birch wrestled uh jeff cobb jeff cobb that's right that's and right he jeff cobb too yeah 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 um it's Tanahashi in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, I don't care how broke up he is, <laughs> how old he is. It's the ace. It will always be the ace. Uh, as the column I wrote, uh, Lattice Lariato 2 stated, um, Tanahashi's not losing three in a row in the Tokyo Dome. I, I just don't think that's happening. Um, this is a star-making opportunity for, for um, New Japan, and I feel like they have... 
been so good lately. Like, we literally have to just, like, let them try. Because if this works, they have another guy to add to that top mix. I don't think it'll win. Like I said, I don't think Tanahashi's losing three times in a row to Tokyo Dome. But I think this is going to be the uh, wild card match of the night. But I've got Tanahashi. Okay, before we come to me, I want to ask you with your prediction in, in mind and everything that you just said, you brought some really great points. But you mentioned that Takahashi, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Tanahashi is broken up. So how do you think his, with your prediction, how do you think his current uh, injuries with his back, his knee, and his bicep and all that is going to play into into this match and then into your prediction? I think he probably gets like, like the the arm gets worked over um, at a certain point, maybe even the, the leg, but it's Tanahashi in the dome. I think for one night he's gonna tape it together, soldier up, and do it, and and then the new beginning. Like there, there's a bullseye. I think that belt's coming off him after that. And I, I definitely think uh, Jay White will go after the leg. We saw at the Road to Tokyo Dome show the second night he did attack the leg, did the dragon screw, and so I think the leg will be the focus of Jay White's attack in this match. They say you can't hook with a hooker. You shouldn't try to dragon screw with a dragon screwer, man. <laughs> I, um, man, you know, this is, to me, it might be, aside from the main event, in my mind, the hardest match to actually predict, because prior, when this match first got announced, I was clearly, in t- like, on Team Tanahashi, I didn't think there's any way he's losing in the Tokyo Dome three years in a row, but then again, I started thinking, like, well... Shawn Michaels used to lose a lot on the big stage when he was in the later end of his career. And, you know, Taker put a lot of people over. And Tanahashi is kind of broken down, man. And they are putting the entire, like, promotional machine behind Jay White. Um, I don't know even – I don't know who to predict is going to win. I think that – one thing I will say, though, I don't think that New Japan – would have really put all this effort and machine behind this kid if they didn't think he really, really was going to be a star. Uh, since, kind of like how Rich said, he kind of came out of nowhere. I've been doing some research, and apparently, like, the person who put New Japan onto him was uh, Finn Balor. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Finn Balor was talking about how this kid is going to be, like, money. Like, big, big money, apparently. And so I, I can't say I'm as familiar with his work, but if they're putting him in the Tokyo Dome, uh, James actually asked us a question about this. Right. I was going to get to that after uh, my prediction. Um, so I've been torn on this just like you, Josh. I mean, it's Tanahashi in the Dome. He's the ace. But he's got the bicep, the knee, some back issues. And then you have, you know, a debuting Jay White, well, re-debuting Jay White. And I'm, I kind of have that traditional wrestling sense. When you're debuting somebody new, a new star, you know, you don't beat them in their first big match. It's kind of like, what's the point? Give them this whole new gimmick, this whole big buildup. Unless just, it's Lucha Underground. Right. <laughs> yeah, everybody loses their first match in Lucha Underground. But, you know, why would you go through all this effort to just have to beat them in the dome. I mean, he can win and defeat, you know, he can have a great, you know, yeah. star making performance, you know, that can set him up well for the rest of the year. But I I think I'm gonna do the, the wild card pick. I'm gonna go with Switchblade Jay White. You know, Tanahashi's hurt. 
uh, Jay White something fresh, something new, and then they could always do a return match with Tanahashi and Jay White uh, later in the year. And then um, our brother James from One Action Radio asked... Brother uh, James! <laughs> we knew you'd come. I knew you'd come. <laughs> so, James, so badly. <laughs> James asked, is Jay White deserving of his spot on the card when you have guys like Ishii and the Juice Man in the six-man gauntlet match? What do you think, Rich? I don't know if it's a situation where like white deserves it any more than those guys but like josh was saying there i think there's more to this than um than we're seeing like really strong belief in him backstage and if they can i feel like they put him in this position to where he can either sink or swim and if he scores like they have something and he, they're never they're, they wouldn't find out if the, the uh, positions were swapped like if ishii was in this match instead of jay white like that's just more of the same like right. with new japan and right. not there's anything wrong with that because New Japan has done that and be like yeah we played it safe and whatever because mind you sound like Tama right now what's up Tamatanga when he was doing his uh, promo at G1 oh yeah he's like without the cursing he's like man (laughs) yeah yeah. he's like man this is boring I see the same guys year after year (laughs) yep So, like, mind you, Wrestle Kingdom and, and Dominion were, like, rematches last year. Yeah. So, like, I think the Jay White spot is a break from the norm. And, like I said, they... um they have earned this. They have, they have earned the trust of the audience <laughs> like to, to do something like this, to put him in there. And we know the guy doesn't suck. Right. So it's not like right. it's not like he's, it's not he's, he's <laughs> Yes. Right. I, I wasn't going to bring that name up on this podcast. <laughs> but It's not a jobber. Yes. He, he who should not be named. Yes. Right. They're not pulling up a jobber and giving him this big match. You know, Jay White went away. He went to Ring of Honor on excursion. Had some great matches over there. While before that, he had great, you know, some great, you know, spots and matches on these ten man and you know eight man matches. Yep. And so now he's back. New gimmick. Right. We know he can go. He's a great worker. So if they do decide to put the belt on him, we know we'll still get great matches, and it could lead to something new, uh, potential matchups, and just something, you know. Something fresh. I think there's a couple different like outcomes I could see here. The the traditional like WWE fan of me says, well, he left Tanahashi laying twice, so maybe that means Tanahashi is right. going to go over. Momentum rule. Yeah, like he has too much momentum. Maybe he's going to lose. But then again, it, like Rich said, it's Tanahashi in the dome. He already lost the last two years in a row. I could see maybe Tanahashi winning. And then, like, after the match, to really put over Jay White, he, like, attacks Tanahashi or injures him, you know, quote-unquote injures him, and then he has to drop the belt, and then maybe there's a tournament for the belt or something of that nature. I also could see him... I could see him just beating Tanahashi. We saw it with uh, Takahashi last year when Takahashi made his debut in the Dome. He was re-debuting. He made a big name for himself in Mexico, but... No one really knew what to expect, and he came in. He beat Kushia clean first night at the Tokyo Dome. Um, I'm going to agree with Jeremy on this one. I'm going to go with Jay White against my maybe my better judgment. (laughs) Uh, 
But Jeremy said, "Roll with me, dog." So I'm gonna roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. And to kind of answer the question that James said, it like is he deserving of this spot on the card? Well, let me say this: he's in the same class of. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he comes out of the same class as as Juice Robinson and David Finley and those guys. And they put enough faith in him to have him semi-headline the Tokyo Dome in his first match back. So, yeah, I think that they must see something in him that we don't know about. And like James or like Rich said, New Japan's earned our trust at this point. Uh, they, they delivered with Takahashi. They've delivered with other guys that have debuted. So, yeah, I'm expecting this to be a great match for me. I'm going to go with uh, Sling, Sling Blade. Switchblade. Man, I keep doing that every single time. <laughs> I'm going to Switchblade. Um, and I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to say that he, I'm going to say he knocks out Tanahashi in the dome. Really? Knockout? I'm, I'm, I'm going to predict that he wins by a knockout. Okay. And then we're going to get this Tanahashi redemption, John Cena after he lost to The Rock. Rebuilding year type storyline, bro. Do you think Tanahashi is ever going to get a shot at the? Uh, are they ever going to do a nostalgia reign with him for the, for the for world the, belt for the IWGP title? Yeah, uh, I think so. I was watching, um, like I mentioned earlier, I was watching Power Struggle on Access and his promo after he beat Ibushi. He's just talking about how you know he never wants to let the fans down again, and you know he's he wants to try his hardest to have the best matches and please a fan so you know losing here that can be his whole storyline of 2018 like trying to like not let the fans down anymore trying not to be washed up right trying to be the ace that you guys you know know and love and so he goes through 2018 like you know this redemption story and building his way back up have you guys ever seen heel tanahashi no i have it's pretty awesome yeah uh as crazy as that sounds i saw him uh in 2015 he had a match in ddt I think it was against... You told me about that. Yeah, it was a tag match. I think it was... I can't remember who he teamed against, but it was against, uh, I think, Suwama or whoever the freaking face was over DDT. And uh, really interesting stuff. And I I thought to myself, I was like, man, if he ever turned heel, he could really pull this whole freaking thing off. I'm not saying that... That's not my prediction, but um, with this match, I'm going to go four and a half. Um, Yeah, I'll go four and a half also. That's exactly what I have. Chalk out here. <laughs> oh man! All right, we're getting down to the very end of the. Go car. Ace. <laughs> All right, we have the IWGP United States Heavyweight Title match. Yes, sir. No disqualification. Alpha versus Omega. Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Draw. <laughs> Our draw, right? <laughs> this has been the hottest feud in professional wrestling. Um, bar none right now. These guys, this man Chris Jericho has caught us off guard once again. He has shown that you cannot predict what he's going to do, even if he leads you one way. It might be a swerve. Um, Swerve, bro. Yes. This entire feud has been built on, like, unpredictability and really working everybody and it being very old school. Um, I I wrote in my column today, this is the evolution. Like, this is the modern-day Ric Flair versus Terry Funk, which ironically will come after uh, Omega's own 
Flair Steamboat Series, except this time he's Flair. Like so, so um, you know this is this is a blood rivalry, Josh. I don't want to step on your toes too much. I know where you're going with this, um, but this is a masterclass in using real life and kayfabe to hook people totally in. We thought. The match was squashed on Twitter. Then all of a sudden, Jericho shows up in New Japan, and we're like, whoa. And then all of a sudden, he busts Kenny Omega's head to the white meat, and we're like, whoa. And then he drops uh, Don Callis with a, a code breaker, and he looks like he's going to die. And he like shows whoa. Yes. And, and, yes. And he shows up. Like a whoa. Yes. Yes. And, and he shows up. Yes. Yes. We're about to start a song, right? God damn it. <laughs> and Don Callis yes, shows up. Yes, y'all. This man, Don Callis, shows up in the airport with the damn. Uh, neck brace on, looking like a goddamn fool. I was, I, so, I was so mad when we didn't talk about that. When bro, we were talking about oh my god, we didn't talk about Don Callis at the freaking uh, press conference. You know, he really didn't hurt himself running away from um, Suzuki. Yeah, he hurt his ribs. What were you saying, Rich? Yeah, so like the uh, the only thing with Callis, I hope I hope that he got extra benefits in the airport, like kayfabe work benefits. Right. Like, I'm really hurt. You need guys need to take care of me. I really hope that happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think Omega's never been in a, in a position to be like more heroic, like because he's, you know, he's in, he's in he's a part of the culture in Japan with those part fans. Of the culture. Yes, <laughs> part of the culture. We always talk about the culture here, but uh, Omega's really like he grew up there. He's not just a guy that you know showed up in New Japan. Like he's not like Michael Elgin or something, right? right? Like this guy went through the independence in Japan, yeah, to rise all the way up. So he's just as much of their guy as like you know a, a native guy would be. I don't think this is like. You know, this isn't the the match that he's going to blow the star system to pieces with because, you know, I don't think Jericho is like the guy, you know, to do that crazy Kenny Omega match like that we know he can have. But I know one thing Jericho can do. He can brawl. And if any indication, you know, with this this psycho madman character that he's like been unleashing on everybody, this is still going to be great. This is still going to be a five-star match. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and, and I think Kenny Omega is going to end up getting the win here. But we have not seen the last of Chris Jericho in New Japan. Right. He's scheduled for a New Year's Dash. So there's definitely more to come. Do we get trunks or tights? We get we get uh, jeans. Oh. I think. I think we're getting jeans. Street fight. Jeans, taped up fist. Come as you are. Alpha club shirt. We might. That's that's so freaking. Bro, it, that's it, so Jim Crockett. Like, it's either jeans or he's gonna wear pants. I think. I think he's wearing tights. I'm like, I don't know why I'm like geeking out over it. Yeah, like long tights. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's gonna bring back like Jericho tights. Right. He's a whole different character in, in Japan right now. Right. right. Oh man. All right, young boy. Yeah. So. This is fucking great. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna just start off my prediction right here by saying we are gonna get a five star match. That is my prediction. I, I believe that this is solidly going to be a five-star match. It's a blood feud. Um, these guys have been killing it in the press. I don't know if you guys, like, every so, me and, me and Jeremy try our best to bring you guys the most uh, up-to-date, like, news coverage week to week as we possibly can. And so I'm always scouring, like, the internet. And every week it seems like there's a new interview, like, uh... Rolling Stones covered freaking Kenny and he was talking about blading and then Jericho was on the Jim Ross podcast just for the Ross report. Uh, he just did an interview with Sports Illustrated. These guys are hyping this match like no other match. 
something that Jericho said was he was talking to, when he was talking about the build to this match. He said it really doesn't matter if the match is good or not at this point because he was saying that um, what really matters is selling tickets <laughs> and and telling a great story. And he was like, the story's already been told. Like and the tickets are selling, and the tickets are already selling. He's like, at this point, he's like, don't get me wrong, we're gonna have a great match, but. If we just had a great match, it wouldn't have really mattered. But the fact is, like Rich said, this is the hottest thing that's going on in in wrestling right now. Uh, Jericho mentioned in his uh, Sports Illustrated interview that he just did, he said, you know, the last time he wrestled a guy who got color uh, during a match was 10 years ago. And I, I believe he's talking about HBK and their famous feud. And it's been almost 10 years that I can think of on any major national promotion where we've gotten something that is reminiscent to a, a real blood feud on this level that harkens back to the days of the territories, which is what this absolutely is. Um, I'm very, very interested to see what kind of creative stuff they pull out with, given the fact that, you know, in New Japan, if you hit someone with a chair or do something illegal on the outside, it's not generally going to result in a DQ. But if you do it in the ring, you're absolutely getting DQ'd. That's pretty much been the like unspoken like right. rule, basically. So at this point, um, we actually had a question from James. He said, do we think we're going to get some... Uh... Yeah, because is there any chance that Jericho will make a fight in the crowd on some Austin shit? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think, uh, you know, the last time I can really remember two guys doing that really effectively was like Roman and AJ at Extreme Rules. They did that really effectively. That was a great match, yeah. Great match. I think that, I think we're going to get... In order for them to really work this gimmick and to do something like truly memorable and different, I think we're going to see them brawl all over the Tokyo Dome. That's what I think. I think we're going to see an athletic display in the ring as well with some really creative spots. I think that they've, I think they're going to like work a masterclass when it comes to working with weapons and actually brawling. But the bottom line is, I think that this is going to not really, I think it's going to be like Magnum and Tully where it's not going to so much resemble a great wrestling match. It's going to be a fight. They keep telling us it's going to be a fight. I think that's what they're going to deliver on. That's the expectation. Tape fists, come as you are, freaking, you know, this is going to be a fight. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting an incredible fight from Kenny Omega. Uh, I think that this is another real man match. Yeah. We, this is this is Omega's real man match right here. And and this would this perfectly masks any athletic deficiencies Jericho might have at this point. Eh, I don't think he's that athletically deficient though. Bro, he's not Chris Jericho from 2013. No, but he's still Chris Jericho from last year, who was still really good. Right, but I mean, they can rely. Like I mentioned last week they can a lot. They don't need it, but they don't DQ that. They can help right. in case of it, anything. Right, like, like ball back. Right. Listen, I think that Jericho. If Jericho and Omega just had the big dream match and they come in and they they wrestle the big dream match, I think we still get something close to five stars. Right. But I think with the story, the blood, I oh that's okay. Let me ask you something, Jeremy. Fun like fun question. So, if you had to say what what do you like in wrestling, like like Rich likes flips and he likes brawls. What do you like? What do you mark for? I don't know. I kind of like. I do. I do like the flips. Um, you know, having an amateur wrestling background, I do mark for like suplexes. Like when I see like Chad Gable like throwing dudes around. You know, a lot of my favorite wrestlers. Shooting. Yeah, a lot of my favorite wrestlers have always been you know amateur guys like Shelton Benjamin, 
Um, you know, Brock Lesnar when he first came, Kurt Angle is my second favorite wrestler of all time. So I do like kind of like the shoot style, you know, seeing the suplexes and some of the holes that I know how to do and used to use in like high school. You know what I'm a mark for? Stretching me. <laughs> Blade jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I like blood in my match. I like color. Uh, that's. I, I think. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna see double double juice in this match. Double juice. Yeah. Double juice. Full Muda. 1.0 on the Muda scale. We're going. We're getting 2.0 on the Muda scale because you gotta add both of them together. Both guys. Both guys. Both these guys. Both, both these, these guys. guys. <laughs> both these guys. Oh man, I bet you there'll be a few Americans in the crowd trying to start that chant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you know, I'm also going with Kenny Omega here to retain the U.S. title. And like you guys said, I'm expecting this just to be an old classic, you know, street fight, you know, brawl up and down the Tokyo Dome, blood everywhere, chairs, Japanese tables. That's right. Not the normal American table, the Japanese yes, table. Yes, the real ones. The yeah. ones that don't break ever. Right. Unless you actually do something crazy like Omega did um, last year. Or flipped over. Right. Speaking of this, they should have just called this a Tokyo death match instead of a Texas death match. Right. This should be a Tokyo death match. Tokyo Dome death match. Yo, speaking of uh, tables and speaking of uh, Ric Flair and Terry Funk, how about when Ric Flair got freaking pile drived on the freak? It was like it was. Yes. That table did not give. Did not break. The whole table like flipped over. Yeah. The wrong way. Uh, so I'm also, you know, definitely either a 4.75 to 5 star match here. Kenny Omega is going to have his working boots on. Um, Jericho is going to have his working boots on. And just to tell you how much hype this match has had, um, you guys can listen to the podcast. You know I'm a t-shirt, t-shirt mark, and I went to a Hot Topic, and I was looking for the Alpha Club shirt and White Shore Mall, but they were all sold out already. Man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, today it's crazy. Uh, I mentioned it on another podcast that someone at work mentioned this match to me. Today... I was at work, I was pulling a double shift, and I was so tired. If, if you, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I am freaking exhausted right now. Um, if, if I'm hyped at all, it's just because I'm excited about <laughs> the freaking Wrestle Kingdom. And uh, I was talking to my coworker, this guy's been sitting next to me like all year, and we never really talk about, you know, I'm a, kind of a closet mark, I don't always like wear like Bullet Club shirts to work or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, like, I'm Guilty. Not, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he, I was like, man, I'm so tired. He's like, what are you doing after this, man? I was like, oh, I got to go to a show. And I started telling him about the podcast. He's like, oh, you like pro wrestling? And so he's a closet mark for pro wrestling, too. And yeah, I should have known he's Hispanic. And us Hispanic people, like our whole families, you know. He's like, oh, my grandfather and my cousins, we all watch wrestling. I'm like, I should have known you. Man. <laughs> and then he was like, I mean, he thought he was like, wait, do you really like wrestling? Or are you just are you just messing? Are you working me? Are you working yeah, yeah. Work with you, brother. And I was like, no, nah, man, come over here. Look, I'm watching this Okada interview right now. He's like, oh, New Japan. He's like, I heard that Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho are going to have a wrestling match. I want to see it. And I was like, dude, my friend here in Tampa who doesn't even know I like wrestling, he knows about freaking Jericho and Omega like right. people are really talking about this like all over the world like people you wouldn't expect like closet casual fans this is getting more like notoriety and like press than I think anything Wrestlemania is gonna do this year the double main event they right. <laughs> said in that press conference the double main event listen guys there's no way that this can't be five stars okay you had the, the freaking um, announcement of the match that anticipation that gives you like 
a half star right there. Then uh, the freaking uh, promo that they or the attack in Fukuoka, that's a whole nother star. So we're already at like one and a half right there. Then they bladed, that's like two stars. The press conference. The press that. conference. That's Jericho like losing half. his damn mind. Jericho's <laughs> promo, Dunk House. We're already at like three stars right now, and the yes. match hasn't even started yet. Yes. Right. Okay, this is like, this is Punk versus Cena in 2011 type territory for anticipation right now. Like, this is going to be amazing. And if you don't think that this crowd in Japan is going to be white hot for this match, like, you've lost your mind. This oh. is going to be an insane match. Like, dude, they're going to love this match. I mean, like Rich was saying, they love Kenny Omega. They see him as one of their own. And what Jericho did to him, you know, they're going to be wanting Kenny to, you know, get stick it Whoop to, that ass. Yeah, stick it to Jericho in this match. They're, they're close to 40 right now. If I'm if I'm uh, correct, they're almost already at like forty thousand tickets sold, close to that right now, right? That's what I was hearing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, draws. This is a draw. Yeah. This match is freaking drawing like nothing else in the world right now. This is crazy. Like I think Jericho would be wise to hang around. Right. New Japan yeah, for at least another couple shows. This is gonna help out uh, New Japan World subscriptions too. What if Jericho wins, guys? Dude, that's I've been thinking about that. Like the whole swerve, bro. Like what if yeah, Jericho wins and he stays in New Japan for the rest of the year. Oh my gosh. Do you want to talk about adding lit, like prestige to your new US title? Kenny Omega wins it in America and then Chris Jericho comes to Japan and wins the title. What if Jericho comes back with the title? What if Jericho comes back and like, holds the belt hostage? What if he works like an indie with the freaking title or something like that, you know? Bro, he's Chris Jericho. Bro, there's no use in trying to, to Bro, there's no use in trying to figure out what Chris Jericho is going to do. Right. We, like like he's been he's been fooling folks for years. Right. And what we do know, we know he's working the next night, New Year's Dash. You think he's like in a six man or something like that? Or I don't know. I think he might just jump tag match, jump somebody to set up his next. Mm. You guys think he's sticking around? I don't. I don't think he's sticking around. But I already said it last time. Like I would be. I'm so like, so what else would he do at New Year's Dash if he's not work the fun ten man tag and get out of there? Get pin me and pay me, baby. <laughs> I mean. Guys, I, I would love for Jericho to stick around and, like, maybe... He have wrestles full... against Gato. Yeah, he right. could. I just, um... I don't want to get worked, man. Like... <laughs> I'm tired of Jericho working me. <laughs> Jericho working me. Here's the thing. He's not going to be in WWE anytime soon. There's a folly tour coming up in the spring. He's not going to be at WrestleMania. There's a, a, a concert that same night. So unless he pulls something crazy, he's not going to be at WrestleMania. I could see him, you know, doing more New Japan this year. He could show up at Sakura Genesis or something, right? I, it's just like I said before. I think I think at the end of the day, he unless like he really believes in this New Japan thing right now, and he really maybe he's on that whole Mick Foley. I'm trying to go over to Japan to pop the territory, like Mick, you know, Terry Funk. Like, help, help him grow it. Yeah, help him grow, help him grow the the brand, and he's on that Terry Funk stuff right now. Um, and I mean. <sighs> What if we see Jericho as strong style evolves in Long Beach? We could. I mean, bro, Jericho could be like Japan's Terry Funk, for, like going forward. He could, like, he could be what Terry Funk was to all Japan. He could be that for uh, New Japan at this point. But I still think he's a WWE guy. I think he's a Vince McMahon guy, and I just, 
I don't see him like leaving WWE. I just don't see it. He's a Vince McMahon guy in the United States. But. Yeah, he's a Gato guy over there. Yeah, right. You know, Vince ain't going to watch. And Vince don't really care. You know, Vince's like, oh, you're going to do something in Japan? Yeah, go ahead. Whatever. I don't care. Hey, New Japan, if you're listening, uh, I think Rich Ladd just gave you guys an idea for your next shirt. I'm a Gato guy. <laughs> any, right. any last thoughts on this match? Anything that we didn't talk about? Nah, I think we covered it all. So what are we, what this are we, match is about anything but the belt. Right. What What are we gonna see? One winged angel. One, two, three. Uh, maybe a one winged angel through a, a Japanese table. Oof! No, oh, man. <laughs> that's death. Someone might die if that happens. I I, I think it's clean. One winged angel. We getting thumbtacks in this match? No. Uh, it's Jericho. He went through thumbtacks. He's this, done it once. He's right. done it once. I don't know if Omega is 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 about that life. Omega might be back. Omega's about that life, guys. We're gonna see some V triggers. Yes, lots of them. We didn't talk about our favorite move, the V triggers. The V triggers. You guys want to tell everyone about how we um how how we pretty much call out V triggers at all times. Right. So so those of you who are listening, uh, wh- who came up with this idea? I think I it was Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we were at like an NXT show and somebody that had like a jumping knee strike. I was like, "V trigger," and we all like just died laughing. And so yeah, so it kind of just stuck from there. So then we started like just making up this rule that any knee that has ever been landed to the head of an opponent in any capacity, with any velocity, in any position, any promotion, any promotion. That's a V-trigger from now on. Yep. It doesn't matter if the V-trigger is a knockoff of the freaking Bombay knee. It's a v- the Bombay is a V trigger. Yes, right. V trigger now. Uh, Kota Bushi's uh, Kamagoye. Nah, that's a V trigger. So we're we're at Shine Triple H High Running Knee V trigger. <laughs> we were uh, a few months back. We were in uh, at the Orpheum in Tampa watching a Shine event, and we were talking about how we we're gonna call it V triggers. But everyone was kind of these two guys were kind of sleeping on the match. One of the chicks, she grabs someone, puts them in a, a freaking Muay Thai clinch. She starts throwing knees, and I was like, V trigger, V trigger, V trigger. <laughs> I was not ready. I was oh not ready. Oh my God. Yes. I, I literally thought these guys were gonna like die. So like oh, now, like we'll be in like wrestling groups, and anytime someone lands a knee to the head, we'll be like V trigger, and people don't know what we're talking about. They're like no one comments, but people are starting to pick up on it. Right. Harley Race, like, literally standing over a dazed opponent and dropping the slowest knee you've ever seen in the world. V-trigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So go ahead. I encourage you guys, next time you're at a live wrestling event and somebody hits a knee, yell out V-trigger. Yep. Guys. It's a new movement. We're yep. going to be at a lot, Join. Of, a lot of indie shows, WrestleMania weekend. So we're about to start this up. This right. is going to be the so, new Too Sweet yeah. after the pinfall. <laughs> right. So you see, you hear a bunch of guys yelling V-trigger WrestleMania weekend that's us <laughs> oh man all right guys we have the last match of the night for the IWGP heavyweight championship Okada defending the title against the G1 climax winner Tetsuya Naito rich Man, when I watched the G1 final, I watched it live um, at 5 a.m. I woke up that morning. uh, I just had to, like, use the bathroom or something around that time. And I was like, I know the G1 final is, like, probably on or whatever. So I had my tablet, you know, and and I pulled it up. And Naito and Omega are about to lock up. So I watched that match, and I was just so blown away by Okada and Naito's performance. And then when Naito getting the win, like it was 
one of the craziest matches I've ever seen on the level of Okada and Omega. Um, I think this match, <clears throat> this is the, this will be the classic of the night. This will be the one, like as far as like these guys are going to get to watch everything else. And then they're going to be like, how can I top it? Both of these guys are wrestling geniuses. Okada, I wrote in my column today. He's he's just turned 30 years old. If he dropped dead today, you can make an argument he's the greatest wrestler to ever live. Um, Naito, you know these guys have had, obviously had the match um, before at Wrestle Kingdom. Was that eight? Yeah, yeah I just watched it. Yeah, Wrestle Kingdom eight, and you know the main event was taken away from them, and that really stuck with Naito. He's literally Roman Reigns. Like, they, they put his main event up to a fan vote and the fans said, fuck him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so this guy has carried that for years and years and he's gone on excursion. He's come back with this new attitude. He's ridiculously over. Um, and the guy's a genius in his own right. They used to call him the Stardust genius. He is the Stardust genius. Yeah. And... Okada has literally kicked everyone's ass like Bret Hart in 1997. Uh, you know, aside from Kenny. Kenny, you know, tied him and all that. But um, these guys, it's been about who's going to be the man. Um, and if you've been paying attention, I think it's an LIJ night. Okada's the longest reigning champion ever. I haven't seen a title switch at the Tokyo Dome in how long now? Like an IWGP title? Like... When when he uh, Okada beat when Okada beat Tanahashi Okada was our champion going into that match yes Wrestle Kingdom eleven yes Wrestle Kingdom ten what ten I mean because Tanahashi won a G one before that you're right so I'm not sure if it's in their cards to do a title switch there and if they want to beat their ace Okada in the Tokyo Dome but everything tells me that it's Naito's time Naito his his entire arc has led him back to this moment with the G1 win with the the IC push and going through Tanahashi um, last year I'm looking this up to answer your question I think Wrestle Kingdom 7 was the last time yeah so no Tanahashi was the champion and he beat Okada. Man, it's been that long. Yeah. So I, I'm, you know, I'm really skeptical that they're going to change the belt, but I, I think the time is coming. Um, this is a full circle match. Like, we're, we're all the way back to where Naito was always supposed to be. This is the time. Will he choke? We don't know, but yeah, I'm Wrestle Kingdom five. Wrestle Kingdom five. So so that how? Was 2011. Uh, freaking. Tanahashi beat Kojima for the title. That's how long so, Wow. So, with that, Okada and Naito are going to combine. This is going over five stars. Um, I've got it at five and a half, personally. You know, and it's kind of hard to quantify the over five scale <laughs> because it's only been done, you know, a couple of times. But these two guys are part of that. So, um, Kenny's not in it, but if you're asking me two other guys to do it, I couldn't think of two better guys to do it. And uh, I'm really excited to see uh, Okada pretty much, if it's, if it's the end of this reign, what's fucking with it? That's what I want to ask. So you guys can tweet me if, if, if you, um, you know, at Rich Ladder 32, if you come with an answer of, of what's fucking with that. <laughs> 
Okay, so um, I just watched the Wrestle Kingdom 8 uh, main event for you guys listening out there. Um, again, we're going to make mention of it. New Japan, they put out a free match every couple weeks or every week. It's supposed to be every it's Monday. It's every Monday. It's supposed to be every Monday, but they haven't been doing it. But they just recently, after a few weeks, put out the new uh, you know free match of the week, which was the, the Wrestle Kingdom co-main event. <laughs> which was Naito versus Okada and uh, last night I was like you know what I've never seen this match I should probably get around to watching it and so I watched it and while it was a really good match it wasn't what I would call a great match and seeing Naito in that particular instance it was really strange watching someone I mean he could do all the same moves and I mean he was just as excellent in the ring but man watching him walk down to the ring he looked like a deer in headlights man no swagger no swag I think and if um Who's the who's that guy on uh, YouTube? Let's put that guy who puts out those awesome videos. Showbuckle. Showbuckle. Yeah, Showbuckle show vids. Showbuckle vids, man. You put out some of the best freaking New Japan videos on the internet. He's yeah. got a video about uh, the, the 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 fallen rise of Tetsuya Naito. Tetsuya Naito, and he gives some insight to you know the lead up to that match. And I mean, I can see why Naito looked the way he did because he had. No fan support going into that match whatsoever. Really insane. And then, um, obviously, he it, uh, just watching the match, It I, I feel like it's important to make mention of it because of where we're coming from to where we're at now. The fact that they were supposed to be the main event and Naito's push basically died because the fans wouldn't get behind him. It, he is Roman Reigns. Right. Yeah. And then um, in the match, the way it was worked... At no point, even though Naito was competitive, at no point did Naito put uh, Okada in any position where I was like, "Oh my God, he's about like he's about to pick up the one, two, three. The only time, the only types of near falls he got were quick roll ups, quick counters, because it was all Okada just putting the beating the brakes off this this basically young challenger who didn't belong in the same ring as him. Fast forward. Which is crazy because Okada's like four years younger than him. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're 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 pretty much, you know, peers at this yeah. point. And um, you know, it's four years later and nearly everybody thinks that this is Naito's time. He's the, the you know, the MVP in Japan, two years running. He's the hottest act in the entire <laughs> promotion in Japan. He's selling more merchandise than anybody else out there. And they've done an excellent job building to this match with all the preview matches and the intrigue of, you know, uh, this this new Cobra Clutch move that Okada has pulled out to try to counter the uh, Dustino. And with all that being said, who's going to win this match? I think most people and are, are predicting that Okada's going to win this match. Or, I'm sorry, Naito's going to win this match. I'm going to... I'm going to say, guys... I don't see the eight, and I've gone back and forth on this a million times. I think Naito's losing. Wow. I think Naito's gonna eat a couple rainmakers, and he's gonna go one, two, three, or he might even get he might even go to sleep to that that Cobra Clutch hold. I don't know. It does seem like this should be the time where he wins. I see all of Lij winning all the belts going into the into the final match, and then I see Okada putting him back down a peg or two and establishing the fact that he is in the middle of the greatest IWGP title reign that there ever has been. I think that people are saying if Naito wins, it opens up all these fresh matchups. And if Okada wins, what where does he go from there? 
I think that they're going to swerve everybody, guys. I think I've, I've just been thinking a lot about it. And I think that because they really want to establish this guy as the ace, I think that he's going to beat the top star in the entire company on the biggest stage possible. And I'm not saying Naito's not going to win the belt. I'm not saying Naito's not going to come back and, and beat this man. But I think on this night, on that stage, it's all Okada. Man, <clears throat> bold prediction there, young boy. Yeah. But, you know, I'm kind of in the same camp with Rich. I'm going with Naito. Um, like you guys mentioned, this whole story arc, it kind of leads back to this point. I think this is the perfect, you know, ending for this rivalry to have uh, Naito get the belt back. If you think about it, um, Okada's, this current title reign started by beating Naito for the belt. And so what better way for it to end by losing to Naito at Wrestle Kingdom? I mean, Okada, he's still the ace. A loss here is not going to lower him. Um, you know, he'll, like Rich said, he'll probably win the G1. He will probably be in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom 13 the following year. So, you know, Okada's position, I, it's, it's, you know, solid. I think now the time, Naito, he has all the momentum. Um, like you mentioned, Josh, he's selling top merchandise. He, you know, he's a top star right now. Like, all the signs are there. Like, put a strap on him and, like, just roll with it. Yeah. You know what my concern is? Naito cares. Naito wants the belt. He is loving the fan adulation. A year, a year and a half ago, this was not Naito. When he was coming back with that vigor and that freaking strife and that hatred, that animosity to the fans when they were cheering him, he could not care one bit about it because it was all about LIJ and that's all that mattered. And, you know, when he won the belt, he was throwing it around. He didn't care about the belt. He didn't care about the fans. When he freaking won the... Uh, the IC title, he was talking about how they needed to decommission the title. He wanted to break the title. <laughs> and then something changed in this past year, right around the time G1 came around, and he really wanted to win G1. He won the G1. You didn't see him throwing that trophy around. You didn't see him working their heels, clearly. But I think this is going to be his downfall. I think this is just something I picked up on. I think that this is where his... I think there's more interest in the story of Naito losing and Okada being the golden boy and the chase that Naito got too soft. Naito Naito cared too much and put too much like effort and the fact that it's been a whole year build this just it reminds me of Wrestle Kingdom 10 all over again. It was supposed to be Okada's year. No, and, you mean Wrestle Kingdom 9. Yeah. Oh, was it 9? Yeah, yeah Wrestle Kingdom 9. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. So, Wrestle Kingdom 9 was supposed to be his year, and everybody was saying he was going to uh, beat, Tanahashi. beat Tanahashi in the Dome. And what happened? Go home. Yeah. Rebuild. Come back. And and guess what? It made Okada the star he is today. He got way bigger after that loss and coming back. And Real, a lot of really good points. And uh, A lot some, of really good something points. Something else, too, like... And that's kind of part of the storyline for this match. We mentioned last week, you know, Okada's promos. He was like, you know, Naito, you like being MVP. You're happy that you're the MVP of, you know, Tokyo Sports and the weekly uh, World Pro. But he's like, guess what? I'm still a champ. 
I'm a pro wrestler. Like, I don't need to be the MVP. I'm the man. I'm about to mess you guys' picks up right here. <laughs> man, that's, that, that is really something to think about, man. Like, because it's like, I think the way to look at this match, like, and, like, it, you can't look at it without looking down the road. Like, I think Okada's going to win the G1, right? Coming up next year. It's been, you know, since, like, 2014 since he's won it. Um, they... I think he's going to be in a position where he's not the champion by that point. And it really just comes down to who do you think the champion is going to be? Like, do you think it's going to be Omega by that time? Or do you think it's going to just still be Naito? I think they're going towards Omega and Okada for Wrestle Kingdom 13 is like the final chapter or whatever. And then Omega can figure out if he wants to stay in New Japan or not from there. But, like, that's the only thing. It's like, does... Does do they skip over Naito now and then you know they it's a situation where Dominion Omega beats Okada for it and then Okada has to win the G1 and then come back you know for another one or do they like kind of use like Naito in that Nakamura role like just underneath being ridiculously hot and doing his thing with the stable I think you go with the title like why not? And then you set up towards like Nakamura or excuse me with Naito and Omega at some point this year. Maybe you do a switch there and then you get it back, you know, the next year. But I think to us North American fans, we assume and believe that Kenny is what we think he is and know that he is. But on the flip side of things, Kenny isn't that to the Japanese audience. Naito is. Naito's the guy, not Kenny. And as much as Kenny is like a huge star there and a big attraction and all that, Naito's the guy who they're really invested in when it comes to establishing him as that top rival to Okada, not Mm -hmm. Kenny. And so that's why I think potentially, and I could be way off base here. If bro, if Okada, if Okada gets beat one, two, three, I'm not going to be surprised because everyone's saying it's Naito, it's his year, it's his time. If that happens, this is what this is what makes pro wrestling great when you literally almost can't call it. Man, no predictability. No predictability. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah. but <laughs> as compared to, you know, another big event coming uh relatively soon. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I just it's like okay, if Okada if Okada loses, right? Where does Okada go from there? Well, that was a question Away. we got from uh, Kyle Moore. He said, yeah, if Naito goes over, what's next for Okada? He has to rebuild. Right. But, I mean, I would say, you know. Time off. He yeah, probably yeah, beat the hell. Hellacious title run. I would say, you know, you know, like Omega took some time off last year after Wrestle Kingdom. Um, Okada should take some time off after, if he loses after Wrestle Kingdom. Come back and have his whole goal being getting his title back, and eventually have to go into G one, and then he wins the G one, and then ends up in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom thirteen to fight whoever the champion is. But let me ask you this: Where does Naito go if Naito loses? I don't know. See, I do. I see the booking there. I see it. It's like a vision. And I'm never someone who's big big on being like, hey, I'm going to book this, hypothetical this or that, because I'm not good at it. But sometimes when I see it, I see it. And I'm like, dude, Naito losing could be the best thing that's ever happened in his entire career. Because all of a sudden, the storyline is, 
Oh man, he it happened to him again. He lost to, to Okada in the Tokyo Dome twice in a row after everything that he did, after the excursion and building this character and everything that he did, it still wasn't enough to get to the level that Okada's at. I think I can see the push to where the motivation for Okada, Okada, if he loses, he's been there. Does he come back? I mean, yeah, he'll be in the mix, but he won't be on this legendary run that he is now. I think if Naito loses, comes back after the New Japan Cup and freaking beats this man and there's no question about it. That's where I'm like, I can I can see that. I can see it. And it makes... Young boy have the vision. And, it, and wow. it makes Naito a bigger... Even though it's not winning in the Tokyo Dome and some people were like, well, how does it get bigger than winning in the Tokyo Dome? Coming back after losing in the Tokyo Dome. How many people would pay? I think that they'll if, if they book Sumo Hall... At Sakura Genesis or whatever they're gonna call it. is it Sakura Genesis here? I think they're calling it yeah. Dude, Naito against uh against Okada in Sumo Hall. Isn't that like uh Naito's town, essentially? Bro, I could that's where he's winning the title, bro. That's where be. that's where he, he's gonna come back, he's gonna de- demolish this new Japan Cup and he's gonna win the belt there. I don't I think he's losing to Okada, to Okada in the Tokyo Dome. And the thing is, the ace doesn't lose in the Tokyo Dome. Tanahashi right. never lost in the Tokyo Dome. I don't think that they're gonna have Okada go go under. I think I don't think he's gonna put anybody over in the Tokyo Dome at this stage in his career. Yeah, man, those are all valid points. All great points. It's gonna it's it's, it's still hard, man. It's still hard to pick, you know, one of those guys. So we're just gonna have to tune in on New Japan World January fourth and see what happens. We had one last question from. Uh, our Scottish export Ricky and Clive. Oh, it just came in. No, they tweeted us. Uh, it wasn't on the Facebook thread. They tweeted us um, on our show account at Ki Strong Style. They said, "Which match, in your opinion, is bigger, Jericho versus Omega or Okada versus Naito?" From someone who doesn't follow New Japan too much, I'd say Jericho versus Omega purely because it's a dream match, and Jericho wrestling the under the New Japan promotion is a pretty big deal. Rich, what do you think? That is the more novelty thing. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, you know, Chris Jericho, 20 years in WWE, essentially, uh, coming over to New Japan with this, you know, pseudo war that's going on between WWE and New Japan and the, the, the fight for fans' attentions and, you know, Twitter and what I call social currency. Um, but I don't know, like... I mean, we spent a lot of time just talking about Okada and Naito. Like, that's a really big uh, match for the future of New Japan. And I can't say the same for uh, for Omega and Jericho. It is the novelty on the night, but the fallout isn't there for me. So I would probably go with uh, Naito and Okada. So, Rich totally stole my, my, my <laughs> point right there. So... I, I, I feel the exact same way. When I start to think about it in terms of like what's the bigger match in terms of like fan interest and intrigue, what has that Sting versus Hogan type-esque, you know, that vibe. that vibe, it's definitely Omega versus Jericho because it really is a dream match and it's been booked like a blood feud with no real feud behind it and, right. you know I, I remember Rance was talking about this he's like how can it be a blood feud with two promos basically and it is <laughs> it absolutely <laughs> is as crazy as that sounds but with that being said moving forward I think it'll be an important moment for 
Omega, maybe for Jericho if he sticks around. I mean, it's some of the best work he's done in years. But in the long run, what determines the future of New Japan? It's not Omega and Jericho. This is just this is us. This is a sidetrack diversion for Omega to get to where he really is going to be going. the The reality here is it's what really is going to determine like the the future of New Japan. Like I just said, is it's Okada Naito, and in Japan, that's the bigger match. Regardless how many tickets they sell, from a storytelling standpoint, that's the biggest match of the night. It's going on last. It, it is the real main event. Right, and I agree with both of you guys. I think Okada, Naito, you know, one thing we sometimes forget being American fans watching this product, that ultimately, this is a Japanese company. Their main audience are the Japanese fans. So... The bigger match in that country is Okada and Naito. Those are the guys that are going to be there, you know, for the foreseeable future. Okada is their current ace. He'll probably be the ace for, like, the next 10 years. <laughs> I mean, and he said he's only 30. Yeah. Um, so those are going to be the guys that are going to be the faces of, the, of that company um, in the country. And this Okada, I mean, Omega and Jericho... I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still a big match, and there's definitely the worldwide appeal, and it's going to help bring more, um, you know, American viewers, North American viewers, and people all over the world, but at the end of the day, Okada and Naito is going to be the thing that's driving um, forward this IWGP title picture and just the future of the company. And I can't state how important, like, the IWGP title has, like, gotten. It's, like, it's a, it's at a, at a mythical level right now, like, with Okada. Okada's, on, like, literally, on, like, how they always said, he's just on another level than everybody else. If you win that belt right now, you have to be a, like, surefire, like, best in the world, Hall of Famer right. guy. Like, they're not going to fuck the money on any of their titles. They're not going to put a jobber in <laughs> Heavyweight champion. <laughs> I, 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 I guess I did throw you to oop there. Yeah. Yo. Bone Soldier is not going to be the IWGP heavyweight champion. Oh my champion. gosh. Yoshihashi is not going to be the IWGP heavyweight champion. David Finley is not going to be the IWGP heavyweight champion. Toru Yano is not going to be the IWGP heavyweight champion. Correct. They're going to put it on a guy who's all around great on the mic, great in the ring. And then a legit superstar. Do you know what putting the title on gender in WWE is? Is like that would be like if New Japan decided to put the belt on somebody who would never be in the G one. Right. Someone who couldn't even be in the G one, and then they put the belt on him. And then he beat everybody. And then he beats everybody. <laughs> that's, that is exactly what that would be like. Oh shit. Oh my god. All right, we're going to wind the show down. Josh, I know you had a few news items you wanted to mention real quick. Yeah, so, um, you know, catching you guys up on some of the stuff that's been going on. Um, Obviously, we're coming up on Wrestle Kingdom week, so there's a lot of, like, really cool announcements. Um, The uh, the day before the Wrestle... 
before Wrestle Kingdom, I don't know if a lot of you folks out there that listen are aware they do a fan fest and like celebration the, the day before. Very similar to like a W like at WrestleMania how they have access. So there's a few different things that are going on. They're gonna be having a press conference at 1 p.m. Uh, on the on uh, January the third. There's gonna be a special talk show. So there's there may even be like some sort of angle that's run during this time that that's really you know something that they do. They're gonna have matches there too. Yeah, they'll have three live matches. Um, usually these matches aren't anything that is spectacular. Uh, this year it's gonna be tag matches, just you know tag openers. Many of the guys that are in these tag matches typically will end up in the New Japan Rumble, though, on the card. And uh, it, essentially, it's like when WWE does like the the fan like access matches at WWE Access, that sort of thing. Um, the first match that we have on that, it's a the Lionsgate. These are all Lionsgate special matches. So the first match is going to be um, everybody's favorite bald uh, young boy. Uh, Tetsuhiro Yagi teaming up with uh, the greatest junior of all time, Jushin Thunder Liger, taking on Ren Narita and Tiger Mask. The second match is going to be uh, Tamayuki Oka and Hiroyoshi Tenzan uh, teaming against Katsuyora Kitamura and Satoshi Kojima. So, Ooh, yeah, that's an interesting matchup. Man, got the old guys find the old guys and the new guys find the new guys. And then yeah. in the final, we've got uh, Hirai Kawato, the ace of the young boys, teaming up with the former ace of New Japan, Yuji Nagata, uh, taking on Siyota Umino, who is uh, Red Shoe's son. <laughs> <laughs> so he might rig those matches one day. <laughs> uh, teaming up with uh, Manabu Nakanishi. So those are going to be the three matches. These will be aired on uh, New Japan World, so you'll be able to catch those. Um, aside from that, there's also going to be a bunch of autograph signings that are lined up for that day as well. Um, you know, if any of you listeners are out there, you might want to catch this. Kota Bushi's signing, uh, Sho and Yo, Cody, Hiroyuki Goto, Taguchi. But the really big, and I'm assuming will probably be a huge highlight of the weekend, Katsuyori Shibata is going to be signing autographs from 12.20 p.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. And uh, you can, I'm also thinking it's very interesting if he's going to be signing autographs, who knows if he will be at you know the Tokyo Dome show and if maybe he makes a sp- special appearance or something of that nature. New Japan Rumble, right? That what if he what if he came in and won the New Japan Rumble? That would be awesome. Oh my god, maybe <laughs> mark out. Uh, also at twelve o'clock p.m. on December the third during the Wrestle Kingdom Fan Fest, which, by the way... January 3rd, everybody. I'm sorry. What do I keep saying? It's in December. I keep doing that at work all day, too. It's uh, I'm messing up people's taxes and stuff. <laughs> uh, January 3rd, this Fan Fest, all the tickets are sold out for it, so if you, you, you have to have your tickets, but they are making a special announcement for a new New Japan Pro Wrestling video game. Yes, sir. Um, there, are, there is speculation that maybe this will just be a mobile-based game in Japan, but many people, fingers crossed, are hoping that this ends up being an actual either PC or multi-platform like uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox. Uh, That's what I'm hoping for. I'm telling you, I have that immediately. Right. Uh, I don't want to snitch on you uh, and put you, put your business out there, Rich, but uh, you seem to be able to get your hands on some of the older uh, Japanese video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I got, it, got, it, got everything on my phone. Whatever you want, I can get it. Essentially, <laughs> so it's been it's been several years. The last like really prominent games where it featured New Japan wrestlers was like the Fire Pro games, which they just came out with the new Fire Pro, but they hadn't since like 05 and 
Um, around that same time period, they had the um, Wrestle Kingdom games. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those. They're, oh, mm-hmm. man, they're dope. They, so it wasn't a New Japan uh, licensed video game, but it was basically a cross-branded video game that featured guys from NOAA, All Japan, New Japan, and then, you know, but it was actual license, so it was the real guys and everything. It was for mm-hmm. uh, the 360 and PS3. Mm. Um, but they haven't really done a, a, a game like that that was similar to, like, a Raw or SmackDown type, you know, or... WWE, what are they, 2K? 2K, yeah. Yeah, they haven't done anything like that in years. Back in the 90s, they did have those um, virtual pro wrestling games. And got them both. Yeah, we just yep. got those. <laughs> and, and translated into English. Do you have those, uh, what are they called, the uh, Shippon Retsuden? Do you know what I'm talking about? I downloaded it. It didn't work for some reason. That's I the think. one that SmackDown was based on. It was like Nippon, Nippon. something. So those are the, those were actually New Japan video games. Uh-huh. So they, they, they've only had, uh, they had... Some Super Famicom and uh, you know Nintendo games in the early '90s, and then they and then in the like 2000s they had the games that uh, that Ukes uh, basically produced. That's what the SmackDown, the original SmackDown engine was based off of. But it's been years since we've had a real New Japan video game. I mean. Um, I know that we've been, you know, talking for a while here, but let me ask you, what are your, what are your guys' favorite video games as far when it comes to pro wrestling? I mean, I'm a, you know, WWE guy when it comes to video games. I mean, that's pretty much the only game that I buy every year is the WWE 2K <laughs> yeah. video games. And every uh, any other game I play, I usually rent it or borrow. But, yeah, I, I always spend money on the 2K games. Um, so, I mean, I'd be excited for a New Japan game. Honestly, I was kind of disappointed with 2K18 this year. Same here. It was, it was pretty much... Go figure. It was pretty much 2K17 with just new guys in it. And, you know, the career mode I wasn't feeling. And universe mode is the same old, same old, same cutscenes. Um, you know, I'm doing my good booking, but, you know, the same... <laughs> saying, hey, man, my booking is... On point. On point, man. Yeah. Gender is nowhere to be seen on... <laughs> Oh man! Was that the first match you did? Yeah. See, I I made sure I was ready. I wasn't gonna do nothing like lose the gender in my first match. So I did Nakamura versus the Miz and made sure I was straight. I was like, okay. So I got I got the timing and all that. And then next match, AJ Styles whooped that ass for for the belt. I gave him the honor of uh, losing it on pay per view. Oh okay. But uh, AJ whooped that man. Style clash. Yes. But, um, so yeah, I'd be pretty pumped for a New Japan game and be able to play with like a real Okada, Naito, not, you know, downloaded, created wrestlers. What about you, Rich? What's like when it comes to wrestling video games? I know you've got Treasure Trove on your uh, phone. What's. I've literally played, I feel like I played them all. What's your favorites? I think you got to go with. WCW NWO World Tour. Oh, now, yeah. now, folks normally point at No Mercy and, and no Revenge Mercy. and all that. I love Reve- I like Revenge better than World Tour. I spent so many hours on World Tour with my stepbrothers, like playing in like those. Either we would choose the NWO and we would do a handicap match and beat the hell out of somebody, <laughs> and we'd be like Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, and we put them in the NWO shirt and jeans, yeah. or we do the Battle Royals. We play that game like crazy. And then I found out about the Japanese version of World Tour, which is the super expanded roster. That's probably my favorite one. Really? Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm um, I'm a really big fan. I like uh, for Sega Genesis, there's this really awesome game called uh, Saturday Night Slam Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's made by the same guys that make Street Fighter. It uses the same, like, it's basically like an arcade game, but it's pro wrestling. It's a Japanese game. 
Uh, it's freaking awesome. Um, I love SmackDown versus. Well, actually, SmackDown. Here comes the pain. Yes, here comes the pain. Oh, uh, that was good. The, the story modes in that game are just legendary. I I like No Mercy. I don't like No Mercy better than Revenge for the gameplay necessarily, but the the uh, the branching storylines that mm-hmm. you can do uh, in the store. And I, bro, I can't tell you how many times I broke a freaking N64 controller trying to unlock Andre the Giant. Uh, so you had to win the Battle Royal and go 100 and oh, basically. I finally, I did it, but I broke like five controllers trying to do it. To Damn. Um, oh, there's man. been a lot of like. The SmackDown 2 Know Your Role on PlayStation. I love SmackDown yeah. Bro, it's super fast paced. Yeah. It's like, it's insane. I remember I could never beat Shawn Michaels. I don't know why. He's just always used to whoop me. There's actually and he was a hidden character yeah, in that was. game. Yeah, 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 he was. Yeah, uh, you you would you would unlock him when you got to the uh, pay per view where he was the uh, special guest referee in the Iron Man match. Yeah, you had to win the Iron Man match in the uh, career mode to unlock him. Um, another game that um, just Fire Pro in general. One of there was I can't remember which Fire Pro it was, but there was a Fire Pro I played where there was a storyline. And you were basically a creator wrestler. They, they almost have no career modes in Fire Pro, but this is one of the only like two that had it. And I beat it, and your character commits suicide at the end of the story. What? fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds crazy, but the storyline in this game was so like convoluted and epic. It was like an anime or like a like a Japanese like I don't know, just like... That's crazy. You know what else I like? WWE 12, the story that they did where they brought back WCW and all that stuff. That was really good. And and you know what else was good was the storyline with uh, Sheamus... And the kingdom. Yep. Oh yes, I love all those storylines. Are good. No, like not all the storylines. The Triple H storyline was garbage. You didn't like the Triple H storyline. Oh, I hate this. The Triple H storyline. Oh it's man. Awful. So yeah. So we love. Uh, he like collapsed at the end. Like right. I, I liked it. <laughs> you guys need to um, check out. I've never played Wrestle Kingdom, but I've seen videos of it online. Um, and it's weird. It's like the the most weird game mechanics. But I'm hoping that if they do a real actual video game, that with the type of I mean if you played UFC the kind of physics that they've got now mm-hmm. WWE sucks like they need to be up in their game like all they're doing is upping the, the graphics every year and, and they're starting to add fucking like loot crates and shit like yeah. I don't need none of that yeah man whatever here's the thing I hate about the career mode I know we're going off a little tangent here let's do it it's our show let's do it <laughs> you booking this shit brother thing I hate about the career mode in 2k18 is like I envision my guy as coming off of the indies or maybe even coming from Japan. Like, at that point, he should have his moveset. I shouldn't have to, like, <laughs> yes. buy a moveset. Like, I should come in. I get maybe you want to make me, like, lower attributes, but I should be able to have my full moveset, full um, entrance attire. Like, I shouldn't have to earn that. You know what like, it is? They're trying to teach you how to work, right. Jeremy. That's what they're right. trying to do. <laughs> My guy comes in, they deprogram him, they put him in the performance center of Albert. Yes, they, they make you wrestle Tino Sabatelli right. a million times. Is he in the game? No. Oh my no. god! They, they do make you job the Baron Corbin on like your second day. In oh the, man! Uh, career mode, like literally, it's a squash. They're like, oh yeah, you have to face Baron Corbin today, and you're in the PC. You go in there and Baron, like no matter what you do, like Baron Corbin squashes you, and it's supposed to like teach you like a lesson 
person or whatever. So yeah, they humble. Make, yeah, they humble you. They deprogram your guy. Make him humble. He has to start from square one, no matter what the background is. So did you? Uh, did you guys ever play uh, Def Jam? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I used to be. Uh, who the fuck did I used to pick? I always played with Redman. I think I might have picked Joe Budden because he yeah. had the hoodie. Yeah. Uh, I think I might have picked Joe Budden or Redman too. <laughs> yeah. That game used the Aki system um, that all those N sixty four games used. I mean, could you imagine if like W or I'm sorry, if uh, New Japan like came out with a video game that kind of used like an enhanced newer version of that that like right. system. Right. Another game I also liked too was the Legends of Wrestling game. Yeah, I remember that. It was a claim. They were cool because of the rosters. Right. And and the storyline was great. Yeah, that territory system. Yeah. Yeah. Territory to territory, getting all the belts, and then you became the world champion. Right. Oh, you know what else is awesome? Uh, Power Move Pro Wrestling. What's Power Move Pro Wrestling? What is that? Sony PlayStation 1995. The first 3D wrestling game that was on the Sony PlayStation. And also, um, and it was kind of like a primitive version of what SmackDown uh, became. That's that's what... All fantasy guys. That's the New Japan game. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same system. So that's the American version of the New Japan game from 95. The Red Spin, whatever it was called. Also, WCW vs. The World. I love that game. Yes. I love that game. Yo, I was playing with Shinya Hashimoto for years. He was my... Bro, all these dudes. Bro, I was playing... I wrote a column. Was Black Ninja the greatest video game wrestler of all time? I think that's like the... I put that one in the Lords of Pain forums, right? Yeah. I think that was like the highest views that I ever did. And it was crazy. It was was probably like 900 or something What I loved about Black Ninja was how he kept coming back game after game. In different ways. Different ways. And I was like, this is the same guy from WCW vs. The World. I didn't know that he was great Suzuki. Me either. I had no clue. I just ninja. Um, Yeah, I was like, I loved Hashimoto because I I was playing with him in the game and I found out that his special strong grapple was he would like punch the dudes in the the face like five or six times then he would kick him like eight times. He had like just like a a killer instinct, like like, uh, AJ Styles type like Uh striking exchange. (laughs) And then he would like nine times out of 10, if you hit someone with it, they'd fall down on the ground and be knocked out for real. I was like, this is the greatest wrestler of all time. Yes. I did not know that Shinya Hashimoto was a real guy who was in Japan he was the IWGP I didn't know none of it you know yeah. it's crazy oh man so hopefully and hopefully if this game is just some mobile based crap game that's gonna be over there at least you got this awesome uh, conversation about Telling you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and if you want to know how to get hooked up, you know, hit me up. <laughs> He's the uh, the illegal video game plug. Yes. Uh, the last couple things here. So, uh, New Japan just uh, on their website put out, or on the YouTube channel, they just put out the Wonderland interview with uh, Naito. It's a really, really good listen, and it builds a lot of hype for this upcoming, uh, you know, um, pay per view main event. So that's worth checking out. Speaking of hype for the pay-per-view, they actually just released all of their um, video presentations for each match. Yes. If you've never seen uh, a New Japan video presentation for uh, like the hype for their, what are they called, like promo videos? Yeah, the promo video. Yeah. Man, they do the best promo videos in wrestling, bar none, and they actually uh, translated all of them into English this year, which they've which never is done Which is like nuts. Yeah. Normally you can just follow along with them and figure it out, figure it out anyway. Which is watch those after this <laughs> so we you, you get to actually see all the hype and condensed you know what's going on with these matches and then um, 
I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, Jado just did an interview on New Japan World where he talks about the upcoming uh, Jericho match. That's worth checking out. And like I said, Omega and Jericho, they've been all over the press this past week and just doing awesome podcasts and interviews. Um, one last thing I just want to throw in there. Well, two things. One, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Tamatanga, just like the other week, he put out a tweet and he put a little cryptic. He said, OG Bullet Club reunion. I think he said September 2019. Uh, it's really interesting because if you think about who the OG Bullet Club is, it is uh, freaking Finn Balor. Finn Balor himself, Tamatanga, uh, Carl and Carl Anderson. And that's it, right? Just them four. I think that was the original. Yeah. The original. So that's really interesting because if you're following the North American product, uh, there's certain guys that really aren't over, if you know what I'm saying, over there right now. Yeah. Yeah. So some guys are getting under over there. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in 2019. It's a very interesting tweet from Tamatonga. Finn Balor needs to run away as fast as he can. <laughs> guys, I mean, just look look at what they've done to two of the biggest like Japanese stars of all time. What they did to Balor and what they, they're doing to Nakamura. I mean, hopefully they redeem him. But, I mean, it's really disheartening to think that those two big stars are, you know, stateside. And we don't floundering. Even, and they're floundering. Um, and then the last thing is we've mentioned a few times, but you know to kind of cap off Wrestle Kingdom week and is New Year's Dash. It's gonna be uh, January. 5th. Always lit. It's yes. always amazing. Craziest angles of the year usually kick, uh, pop off there. Yeah, so there, there's always really cool angles. There's nothing. There, you know the matches are not gonna be the same uh, in the same league as what you're gonna see at Wrestle Kingdom. But you need a reset after Wrestle Kingdom. You need something to kind of like start off the year, make things fresh. And you get fresh matchups, you get fresh storylines, and a lot of cool surprises. It's a really fun show in Corken Hall. They're really heated up for it. So, you know, uh, we're going to be covering all of that in the next uh, week's episode. Yeah, next week, yeah, we'll be, we'll be covering um, all the results from Wrestle Kingdom and New Year's Dash. And then the following week after that, we'll, we'll be announcing the winners of the... Keeping it strong style, 2017 year in awards. How many more days do people have to vote? Three? Well, by the time this episode drops, voting will be over. This episode drops January 2nd. I keep forgetting the gimmick. <laughs> I don't know how to work the gimmick. <laughs> yeah, don't keep forgetting because, you know, we, we pre-record. Uh, so, yeah, so by now, the votes have will be done. And then January 16th, we'll do a special episode releasing all the winners of that. Um, and then we're going straight into... Uh, Fantastic Mania, like yeah. right after that, and then we got the road to the new beginning, and then we got the new beginning show. So it's it's a jam packed January, right? And we just want to you know wish you guys a happy new year. Thank you guys for listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We had an awesome December. Um, you know the network is just exploding. So thank you uh, everybody for listening and downloading. We just need your help getting some uh, more ratings and reviews. So please take the time to. You know, uh, rate the show and leave us, you know, the Dave Meltzer five star review. We greatly appreciate that. You know, Rich, let us know where, let them know where they can find you, what you got going on. Yeah, plug your stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I, yourself over. Yeah, uh, I'm the host of uh, One Nation Radio. I do the show with uh, James. Uh, we've been at it for quite some time. We've had a big audience. We've had a small audience. And we've had a medium audience, and you know, we're 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 really riding the wave right now. You know, with uh, you know this last month and going into Wrestle Kingdom and then WrestleMania coming up, and I think we're. Doing 
doing some of our um, collectively we're all doing our best work right now and um you guys can follow me on twitter at richladder32 you can catch my new japan columns um including the full wrestle kingdom preview i just put out uh, on socialsuplex.com uh and i also write uh lattice lariat for lordsofpain.net and um yeah, that's pretty much it. And I, I, you can check my SoundCloud if you like rap. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash Rich Ladder. You know, and um, yeah, but thank you guys for uh, having me on and being the first guest. That's, that, that's you can't change that. You can't, can't take that away from me. Yeah, I just realized thinking about it, one year ago, you and I were doing the preview to Wrestle Kingdom on your show. Yep. And uh, we took over and we uh, jobbed out that, that other bomb that's on the issue. Oh, man. Oh, man. Those are fight words. <laughs> man, Josh got heat with uh, James. Oh, Two man. Two Nation Radio, baby. Two Nation Radio. Follow me on Twitter at Jeremy L. Donovan. You can follow our show at KI Strong Style. You can follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex. You can join us all in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. That's our community group. A lot of great conversation and just, you know, fun goes on there. And that's going to wrap it up for this week. Until next time. Hold on. You guys hear that? Yeah, that's the Wrestle Kingdom theme song. You're hyped right now, aren't you? <laughs> it's awesome. So until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.